Imran, I'm back from Vegas, and I'm still kind of hungover. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockey Nerd! Hi, listener. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 20. Yeah. 2 of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, believe it or not. My name's Imran. And my name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And the jock is here. I'm back. Also joining us, very special co-host for this episode. I'm so excited. Uh, from HowDoIJump.com, the super, super talented Mr. Peter Kendall. Hello. Oh, hello. I didn't know I was super, super talented. Dude, That's you, awesome. You do a lot of stuff. I mean, there's no other way to describe that. Thanks for joining us, man, for the joining the empire of stupidity over here in yeah. the Jogging Nerd. I'm very corner. excited. You but, guys have nicknames and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we're, we're all about brand management. Jock and Nerd Podcasts, <laughs> or better known as the Cock and Turd Podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how it ended up last episode, <laughs> listener. Well, so, listener, if you missed last episode, Rugboy filled in because... The jock was not here. He was out jocking about somewhere in Las Vegas. And we're going to get to that because Rugboy actually called you out. And he was like, is is the jock a person? Like, yeah. what does he do? He thought it was me doing a voice. You doing a, a bad bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, it's like I, you in a room, like doing like a two-face kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a running gag because uh, at one point, listeners thought that we were doing Rugboy as yeah. a voice and that Rugboy wasn't a real person. Oh, but he exists. We all mm. actually exist. <laughs> The only person that doesn't exist is our guest Peter Kendall. Peter Kendall I'm not. exists. <laughs> Peter, I'm you- not. Am I? Am I the first person you're having on location, or do you have you had guests that aren't like with you in the room before? We've done with uh, Parvees. We had. Yeah, him. we've done both. And Rugboy is remote. Rugboy is also remote. And then okay. Danielle Moses was actually here. She was here, and then I was out. Oh yeah, I was sick. and then he was out. So man, and so listener, I've been on two of Peter's podcasts and he has taught me a lot. Peter, they find I, people can find you at How Do I Jump, which I love the name. <laughs> and you know how happy I was when I listened to your podcast and <laughs> Anthony like, yes. How Do I Jump? Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he didn't get it until I was like, yeah, no. it's the, because uh, it just brings back all the fucking times that I've asked that question and everyone's asked me that question. And it's literally the first thing you say when you pick up a controller in a game, you're like, yeah. how do I fucking jump? Yeah, that's what it, it started off as that joke. I had a I had a I was working on a stand up joke uh, based off how do I jump years ago. That's just like, why? Why is everyone's innate first question to jump? Like, why does everybody have this this urge yeah. to go up and down, even though in reality, people don't jump that off. No, no. they don't. <laughs> and I was working on this stand up routine and like I was telling a bunch of people jokes about it. And I'm like, I should just start a website called how do I jump? And like, I got really annoyed with people asking me the same video game questions all the time. Yeah. So well, I, uh, I started it and now it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thi- well, I mean, if you just look like at a controller, like the directional buttons, it's obvious. That's like how you yeah, run. Mm-hmm. True. But there's so many buttons Yeah. and everyone mm-hmm. wants to go up. Well, there only used <laughs> to be two fucking buttons. There was an uh, A and a B. There was an A and a B, but then on the top, right? There was like no, right before the all that top shit, you young ass bastard. Why are you so? Why are you yelling? <laughs> oh my god! Because you don't remember the fucking. <laughs> he remembers inter- his fucking rectangle controller that would dig into the sides of your fucking hand. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's what it would be. There, and, and before that, there used to be one orange button and a giant dildo joystick. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, no, before that, there was just a, a turn. That was Pong. Oh, oh yeah, there was the just dial. a knob. Oh, you yeah. had knob. a knob. 
That was your gameplay. It was great. I'm sorry I don't remember. I wasn't born. <laughs> oh, fuck Me off. either. Fuck <laughs> off, just, both I of you. I just researched things. I'm old. <laughs> All right. So, listen, the jock uh, was not here last week. I think you have some stories for us. Uh, Anthony was at something called EDC, which I believe stands for uh, Exotic Dairy Convention. Is that uh, right? Close. No? Okay, wait, wait. Hold on. Don't tell me. Okay. Uh, everything dreams constantly. Somewhat. No, Peter, you got one? E- I don't know. Eccentric dairy conservationalist. I could have swear the word dairy is in this title. There it is. It's not a dairy conference. It's uh... exclusively diamond men. Oh, I like that Ooh, one. That, there that there were a lot of men. There, that sounds close. <laughs> there were a lot of All men All right, what there. the fuck is this shit? Where were you? What were you doing? Why are you not here? All right, so I was in Las Vegas from... Uh, June 18th through the 23rd. So that's way longer than anyone should ever be in Las Vegas. But I was there. And uh, I was at EDC, which is Electric Daisy Carnival. Ah. Uh, and that is a festival for EDM, okay. which is Electronic Dance Music. Okay. Mm. That's a lot. That's a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of letters. Yeah. Um, and what it is is basically it's out on the speedway in Las Vegas, like 15 miles off the strip, and it's three nights of just dance music, and there's eight or nine stages, and you just it's just an amazing is that, uh, experience. Is that dance music coming up in the background? It, it may be. Are we, did I drop something? I didn't know about it? No, no, it may be dance music. Oh, there you <laughs> go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue this podcast. <laughs> that is. So are you you are an electronic dance music person? Like you you go to clubs? I go such? to clubs, yes. I go to shows. I only, I only recently got in. So I'll just give you a quick I'll paint a quick picture of how EDC is. Um, it's 15 miles. It's in the middle of the desert uh, out on the speedway. <laughs> yeah. And in the fucking how hot was it? It was uh, every day. It was 111 degrees. You guys are insane. Uh, and it would go down to like 85 to 90 at night. Um, oh, it would, Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, it would run every night from 7 p.m. to 5:30 a.m. And I was there all I day. Run, you you all might night. be a little. I can't hear you guys. Now. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's try to add a little ambiance. I'm gonna turn this down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, I do go to these shows. Uh, I love. Uh, Seeing DJs spin. I only recently got... So I'm a relative newbie. The raver community would consider me like a bro um, fan. They they probably don't like me. Because I'm, I'm the type that just came in late and just jumped on when it became mainstream. The only reason I actually got into EDM music is because one of my friends was like, Hey man, um, you really need to go. Because even if you don't like the music, there's a lot of hot girls that go to these things. So. Oh my god, dude! And he used post so he posted these videos on his Facebook page, and like I didn't even have the sound on, and I almost got fucking seizures. Watch, I was like, is he in Tokyo? Is this Blade Runner? What the shit is going on over here? The stage designs are quite elaborate. Holy, lots of lots of LEDs, lots of lights, lots of strobe lights, lots of lasers. Peter, you into this scene at all? Um, well, it's weird because I was actually introduced. By it by an ex girlfriend of mine. While I was dating her, we were introduced, and actually, I just looked at her Facebook page, and she was there. No, oh, of course oh, she nice. was. Damn. No, she's a her job is I like a made out with dancer. Her over there. That's what she does. <laughs> did so you hear that? Say that again. I said I probably her, made out with her over there. You maybe you did. <laughs> she was. She's she's one of the girls, the hot girls dancing on stage. So you oh, are all over damn. the place. So I mean, just like the outfits of these people, so, like guys. Usually, yeah, they're ridiculous. Yeah, the guys are usually like. 
tanks and like colored tanks and colored shorts. So guys don't really go crazy. Some do. But the yeah. girls, on I mean, it's just lingerie everywhere and wow. like wings and like tutus and face paint and yeah, like big feathers tassels. and stuff. Yeah, everywhere. feathers, costumes. You're literally walking into like another world. It's like the Woodstock of our time is what my friends are saying. Wow, yeah. yeah the, there's an owl and fucking fireworks. But here's my question. There's a lot of ladies. I saw a lot of skin. Yes. How do you fucking mac on these girls? This is what I imagine the conversation goes like. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is, Imran, you go to the same, um, the the same mistake that I do, where yeah. you have to talk. You have to talk phys- You have to talk with your bodies yeah. in these. Oh man. fuck, do, that's not gonna work you, for you me. You do the dance, the central dance of your bodies. Yeah. Oh, it's like lambada. It's not a lot of talking at yeah. first. It's a lot of. Uh, Touching. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of witty dialogue. Not a lot of witty dialogue going on. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's I a mean, lot of con- uh, connecting without uh, the use of words. That's it. On a whole nother I, level. I, I yeah. see. I see. Is it? Um, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, go it, ahead. How was your mental state throughout this entire? Uh, you know, actually, since it is in the middle of the desert, my mm. mental state was actually quite clear because I had to be aware of the fact that I'm. I'm in the fucking desert, yeah. and it's 112 degrees right. out here. So I'm carrying, like, a camelback, and I'm drinking water constantly. Like, I'm drinking an alcoholic beverage here or there, but also there's no phone service with 135,000 people oh, at a shit. concert. They're all disconnected? Everything's oh. disconnected. The fucking so. millennials are disconnected? How did they survive? So you literally have to be very aware of not losing friends and setting meeting points. So um, I don't advise being uh, in a psychedelic state yeah <laughs> dude you're there i would seize out and fucking just start convulsing because literally like if you have to go home going home is like at best 45 minutes away yeah so you're not going home it's not like a oh i'm on the strip i'll just take a taxi no 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 you have to you have to literally plan this shit out yeah for an event that like is stereotypically a bunch of people dropping molly and stuff right putting yeah. it in a desert yeah, is probably not, not the best not the good idea no that stuff dehydrates you like a mother. Oh, yes, it? yes. It's supposed to dehydrate you. But the thing is, is Vegas. So it, Vegas is now like capitalized on it. They make a ton of money. They call it a holiday weekend over there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many people that not only that the 135,000 people that are in town, but there's just some from what I heard, there's like 400,000 people that come in town that weekend. They're there to party Jeez. and like hang out. I mean, that weekend, the uh, the Golden State Warriors, who just oh, yeah. won the NBA championship, yeah. were there. Also, they had the NHL awards, oh, so shit. the Blackhawks were there. Wow, Vegas was jumping. One yeah. of my friends put out a uh, like a video, and Justin Bieber was at his club that night. It wasn't E3 just there, too? Yeah. E3 yeah. was there three weeks ago. There's a lot yeah. going on. So Damn. It's, a, Vegas, it's just a huge moneymaker for Vegas. It's a location, Vegas. People like going there. It's There's great, always something it's, going it's a, on. It's a stationary... Uh, cruise ship is what I like to call it. <laughs> that is a great, wow, fantastic. Oh, that's there. a good one. Oh, and I like your Woodstock surrounded analogy, by too. desert. Yeah, because it's kind of like you're just there with these people. Now, how many people really like passed out of dehydration? Any what happened? Anybody uh, see anything? There was one person that unfortunately did die. Oh weekend. shit! There's always hey, one out of one thirty-five. That's pretty good. But I was yeah yeah I was seeing the the reports and it was like four to five hundred uh, medical calls. So I mean that sounds like a lot. Yeah, it was probably but, just. But four to five hundred out of one hundred thirty-five thousand. Those are good numbers. Thank I you. mean, and I don't think I think the the whole like culture it, it gets a bad rap, but I think if you go to any like huge rock concert or country concert, there's just as many yeah. in proportion 
uh, with people just That's overdosing just on wild alcohol though, and man. Stuff. The the photos and the video, of the set, just crazy. Like it looked like Blade Runner. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah it, uh, That's pretty much their idea. They're like, let's just do Blade Runner. It's just, let's just throw as many lights up there. I mean, uh, I have to give them credit. Insomniac is the people that put on the event, and they every year they uh, – this is my second year It going. gets bigger? It gets bigger, and the stages get better, and they just – they ramp up. I mean, they had a whole. They had a waterfall on the main stage. Out in the desert. In, in the, the middle desert. of the desert, yeah. there's a fucking giant owl caterpillar giant, and a water. Yeah, waterfall. there was a giant owl that would occasionally look at you. Would, his eyes were his moving. His eyes were moving, and it would freak you the fuck out <laughs> oh, if you dude, were on a ton I would, of drugs. Actually, I would love technology. Yeah. Technology is a Love that. Thing. Well, look, thanks for uh, making it back alive, you fucker. <sighs> Barely. <laughs> I think he's still a little <laughs> bit uh, hurting. Uh, but I keep drinking water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not enough. There's not enough water out there for you assholes to stay hydrated. Come I will. On. I will say they do a good job too. One more thing about it: they give out. They do free water, and they have these huge hoses with like two, two, uh, like twenty people to a hose, yeah. and they're just pumping out water for free. So do they hose you down like at all? Like the crowd, they should do that. People in the crowd will have like spray fans, yeah. and if they think you're hot, yeah. people are actually really nice, and they'll like spray yeah, you. Yeah, you know, stuff. I went to like a, a, a jam band festival at Detroit Lakes like seven years ago. It was kind of the same thing, and it was really cool. It and becomes a huge like kind of community. Yeah, yeah. it's a scene. Yeah. But you actually like the music. I actually, I actually was blasting the music on the way here. All so. right, all right. So you're not a fucking, you're not in it for the scene. That's good. I was in yeah. it for the scene to you start. Started that way. But. Well, yeah. You said this is your second year going, so you're not a noob anymore. You're yeah. like a little into yeah, this. Yeah, you're a veteran, dude. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is there's a huge, there's a, a million genres within the scene, and the genres I like are still considered kind of bro because uh, they're a lot more aggressive and mainstream. I, it's mm. hilarious how even in that uh, industry, there's like aggressive fucking mosh EDM and then like mellow chill out EDM. Oh, yeah. There was a like, mosh pit that broke out in front of me for one of the. A mosh pit? Yeah. Well, it, was, yeah. it was heavy, heavy dubstep. Oh, if you know anything shit. about dubstep, yeah. it's just head banging music. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy. Uh, it's like, the, heavy it's like the, the heavy rock of. Uh, and there's EDM. like some hip hop uh, influenced DJ. Trap. Right? Uh, that's called Trap. And I, that's like one of my favorite I genres. think I would like that. I should yeah. listen. I don't know. Trap? DJ, yeah, DJ Jazzy trap Jeff music. was there? Oh, fuck, dude. I love him. Yeah. Trap music. Yeah. It's just called trap. It's trap. Yeah. Where it just like it traps you in the fat beats. Yeah. Uh, well, trap <laughs> is a is an, is a synonym for a drug house in the uh, hip hop culture. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it's good. like a trap house. We're learning a lot already on yeah, this podcast. I am. I'm very I'm, excited. Hell yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this, is your, this is right up my alley. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> Not the drugs, but the... <laughs> this, is, this is now the EDM podcast. Yeah. Thank you very Look, much. Yeah. Occasionally, the jock has to represent, because really, we're really heavy nerd stuff, and it, the show is called Jock and Nerd, and, and we're, we're, yeah. we're not even catering to the jock crowd, but we'll get to that. Yeah, eventually. we'll get to that eventually. There's plenty of time. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, powerlifting techniques. Yeah. And it'll be great. Your uh, cleans and your fucking... My fucking snatch. Your snatch yeah. is... Uh, you got to do overhead snatch. Uh, anyways, listener, if you go to jockandnerd.com slash 20, there'll be show notes for all the stupid shit we've talked about and we are going to talk about. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, whatever, email us, show at jockandnerd.com or go to speakpipe.com slash jockandnerd and you can send us a little voicemail. Or Are you going to link all of Anthony's uh, EDM videos? <laughs> we might uh, We might, we post, might find uh, some videos. I yeah. might link some of uh, one of your videos. Yeah, Would I you be send. willing to share with the listener? Yeah, I can share right a, a video with, a li- with the listener. No right problem. on. See, yeah. there we go. I'm, I'm, this is a community. Yeah, this is the the empire of stupidity. The em- oh, and there's uh, there, just within the EDM community, there's this thing called Plur. Plur? Yeah, P-L-U-R. Plur. 
Okay. And it stands for peace, love, unity, respect. Oh, that's nice. And you like you'll do this little like handshake thing yeah. with people, and if they like you, they'll they'll give you like little like candy beads from the. You know, I love this whole thing when they did it the first time, and they called it the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So whatever. And thanks for finally catching up, millennials. Hey, not all of us were alive at that time. Yeah. Hey, no, we can't we can't true. we can't all just be alive as Wait, long as yeah. you've been alive. I was not alive in the '60s. <laughs> Show your stare talking like it is. <laughs> Pretty soon uh, you're going to be like, get the hell off uh, my lawn, kid. Get you dirty. What are you doing off my property? <laughs> All right, listen. Let's, okay, we're going to, we're going to burn out. We're, <laughs> we're going to carry on because there's huge news to talk about uh, after right this. <laughs> Holy shit, Peter. How excited are you for this news? I'm going to break this news. Oh, my God. Tell me. Tell me Okay, now. so the big news sweeping the country, people. It's not the fact that Obama was on Mark Maron's podcast and he got a million downloads in 48 hours. Yeah, it's not the fact that marriage equality is It's not is the now fact that gay states. marriage is now legal. Yay. I actually ran a 5K this morning, proud to run. Like, nice. I've already run, before this, I've run three, I kind of run, walked 5K. No wonder you're so amped. Dude, those are the happiest gays I've ever seen this year. I've done this is the third year I've done it, the and gay gays. Oh yeah, they were like they were actually gay, like they were so ecstatic. But well, this is huge for them. So, well, for them. tomorrow's the big pride. Yeah, and then pride. Yeah, then pride parade. But that's not the big news we're talking about. No, the big news is we have a new Spider-Man. Oh shit! Geek boner, talking nerd, all that shit. Uh, this, it broke, you know, we, for a long time, everyone was speculating. Oh, you got to hit the kazoo. Okay. Uh, you know, we had, uh, Aza Butterfield and some other fucker and nobody knew. And I didn't even want to like talk about it because it seemed like it was all in the air, but we knew it was coming soon. Ladies and gentlemen, your new Spider-Man is Tom Holland. Yay. Some cool. random kid. Some random kid, which is perfect. Uh, yep. Uh, and so Tom will play Spider-Man in uh, the next Spider-Man movie that comes out July 28, 2017, and it will be directed by uh, another unknown young-ish director by the name of John Watts. Do you know John Watts, Peter, at all? No, I not, do not. not well, personally. he's young-ish. Yeah, he's young-ish. So, so uh, to go through this, uh, I gotta, I'll got i link to this article from Marvel.com itself. Tom Holland and John Watts, I'll have their IMDb pages. Tom is English. Uh Oh, another is, another Brit playing Pete. Yeah, thank, way to go, Northumberland. Our buddies in Northumberland love this because uh, they're obviously English. And he's 19, which I love, which means he could play fucking Peter Parker for like 15 years if they really want it. I mean, that's, that's, that's the really big Titanic thing about this is that he's not only Spider-Man, he is Marvel Spider-Man. Yes. So hopefully he's going to be Spider-Man for a while. Yes, he is the first Marvel MCU Spider-Man. Yay. That's and that's awesome. that's fucking huge. He was in uh Billy Elliot Live the Musical oh, yeah. in 2014. So we know he knows how to sing and dance and he's somewhat coordinated and whatnot. Well you can. Did you see he actually posts on his Instagram yeah, a bunch of little that? videos of him no. uh flipping around? Yeah, dude. He he he's pretty athletic. He posts it, he like does he's walking up, running up walls, doing backflips and flipping off kind of parkour style. Oh nice. So the kid's got some skills. Like, I don't know, he could do some of this. Obviously, the fucking stunt double, they're not gonna risk this kid's life, but he could do some of these little flippies like in costume, which is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I he mean, was in a movie with Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, he was, was, uh, yeah, and, uh, uh, Tom Hardy's awesome. He was also in this movie, I remember now, uh, he was, like, they said he was best known for this movie called The Impossible from 2012, and I totally remember watching this movie on cable, it was about the, uh, 
Indian Ocean Tsunami in 2004 taking place in Thailand and also had Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. And I think he was one of the sons. It's a really good movie. I don't really remember him, but I remember the movie being really solid. That's awesome. I'd love to be Tom, Naomi Watts, and Ewan McGregor's child. Yeah, I think he was their kid. And uh, yeah, and he flips on his Instagram. I like this choice because of the fact that I don't know this fucking kid. And he's just going to be Peter Parker Spider-Man to me. He could just, yeah, he could just be Peter Parker. He's Perfect. Not, he's it's not, not Tobey Maguire. It's yeah. not, oh, this guy, another movie. Yeah. This that is yeah, that's really interesting. This is the first time Marvel has cast uh, a mainstream hero as a completely unknown. Correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say. I mean, Chris Hemsworth yeah, was pretty these guys unknown. Mainstream? Oh yeah, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth was pretty unknown. But everyone else, yeah, you're right, has been has made their name somewhere else. But this is more like cast. a Charlie Cox casting. Charlie Cox, yeah, you know, little known again, another British guy, but he mm-hmm. and he nailed it, and I think this is a great move. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know what else to say because I, I, I always have – like a friend of mine instantly – like literally 10 minutes after the announcement happened, messaged me like, so what do you think about this? I'm like, I think about this the same thing I thought like Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Like I can't, pl- I can't judge anything until no, I see exactly. what he's doing. I don't know anything exactly. about this kid. And I feel yeah. the same way about Batfleck. Like yeah. I'm not going to say anything because we haven't seen anything. Yeah. Well, this is even more, diff- more different though because this kid isn't – I mean he's been in stuff but like he doesn't have a huge uh, – like He's never been a lead by what I see at yeah, all. Yeah. yeah, so they can really groom him. Right. And at least with like Batfleck, this... you've seen yeah. Ben Affleck That's be in movies, yeah. and you've seen like Heath Ledger be in movies and act well. This kid, like he maybe he might have acted well, but he doesn't have the inventory of these other. But people think have. about usually it always works out when there's a casting like this. Yeah. Usually it works out yeah. really well because you believe the character, you see the character, and not the actor. The actor playing the character. Yeah. The worst kept secret is we'll probably be seeing this kid in Civil War. He's already it's appar- apparently there's rumors he's already screen tested. With the no, it's uh, the cameo is confirmed, and we'll yeah. get to that. Uh, and and there's also another place re- they're going to reference him. Oh. But uh, before that, the director John Watts, also a very important part of this whole puzzle. Obviously, this mm-hmm. dude's 33, dude, which is amazing. He's wow, fucking 33 lands a fucking Spider-Man movie. It's amazing. Uh, he comes from directing pieces from the Onion News Network. Which, which they have you ever seen those? No. I know what I've never seen those, but I, if I'm thinking of the onion that runs in Chicago, that's holy shit, a huge, yeah, yeah, huge satire news. Peter, have you seen these? Uh, no, but I, I love the onion. I didn't know they did that much video stuff. I will post some of these links. What they do is incredible, it is a direct parody satire of your CNN and your ESPN in the ridiculous onion fashion, but it is high production, big titles and fucking bumpers. Like you're watching a cable news network and it's hilarious. They, the, the, they deliver everything deadpan. It's fucking perfect onion. So he's coming from a really strong comedy background already, which that's good for Peter Parker. You need to, you know, what's also great about this. The fucking daily bugle is going to be hilarious. Oh yeah. 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 That'll be a great job. Jonah, I I hope they get J.K. Simmons back. You think that's he's, possible? Yeah. He still looks good. He still he's still young, and well, he still looks young, and vi- he could play the role. Easy. Yeah, dude. And Jay Jonah has been all sorts of ages. You could have him a little gray, but you have to if you you have to have J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit, it'd be great. Uh, so, and then he's also known for this movie that j- it's playing in Sundance right now. It's called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon, director, co-writer. I don't know, but apparently he's getting a lot of buzz at Sundance earlier. And then he did this horror movie in 2014 called Clown with Eli Roth and Peter Stormari. This is more of uh, Marvel's MO, though, casting, using, yeah. especially lately, getting directors that are like, I love on, it. on the come up. Yeah, get indie kind of yeah. weird directors to do these movies. Get really talented guys that people don't know about and throw them in a, uh, in a big budget movie. 
movie. I do love largely most of their directing choices, aside from a few. He like, made a <laughs> movie called Our RoboCop Remake. Yeah, what is that? I saw that on the IMDb. Can you fill us in? What the, is that like? Was that like a released? Mo- was it like a fan film? What the fuck? By what I understand, it, they said it's an animation, so I guess it's just a. Oh, it's a, a cartoon. Yeah, an action comedy. So it's it just them making fun of it. That's funny as hell. Uh, like I like like if you look at his his directorial history right now. Yeah. You've got the our you've got the onion thing, so yeah. he's got comedy. Yeah. I like that he has a horror background yeah. because there are there are some pretty dark psychological things that happen in Pete's life. And that, that, yeah, that's why Sam Raimi was so good at those in in the second movie with the when Ock became Oct- Oct- octopus. It was a horror. That whole scene was like a horror movie. It was great. Oh, Sam, the, the scene where he's in the getting surgery. Yeah, it was like people, straight yeah. Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, awesome Sam Raimi, yeah. and it worked great. You need that. And I don't know exactly what cop car is, but I'm assuming there's a few actions. It's a thriller. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a drama. I mean, it's got fucking Kevin Bacon with a, you know, like a fucking police mustache. He looks like a fucking <laughs> dirtbag. It's great. Or but then you're right. porn star. Yeah, so he's got comedy. He's got horror. He's got a uh, gritty drama. What the hell is this? A RoboCop remake. I kind of want to see yeah. this now. <laughs> I do too. I want to see all these guys' movies. What is this? Uh, who, do you, who do you think the villain will be in this now? Um, I mean, I... This happened because of our Spider-Man podcast yeah. when we were talking about it. Yeah. But towards the end, I started – because I, I didn't want them – I don't want them to do one of the known Spider-Villains. Yeah. I don't want them to do any of the Sinister Six. I don't want them to do the ones that have been overdone a million times. And we, we discovered this on our, our Geek Chorus cast that I'm pretty much booting for Ezekiel. Oh, that's right. We talked about Ezekiel. I think that could work. I really do think it should be someone – we haven't seen yet. Yeah, he's unknown enough, yeah. and for people and to introduce him, he's pretty much like a, a mentor, like spider, like person for him, and he's he's like a good guy, bad guy sort of deal. And the more I think about it, the more I want Ezekiel, and the more that I'm I'm amping myself up for Ezekiel, and I probably won't get him. That's great. Let's too. uh, you know what? We'll talk about that when we get to that little list later, because I think uh, a lot of people don't know about Ezekiel. Well, if, great. You, if you look at Marvel's history in terms of villains in the solo films, it's usually like the bad amalgamation of the hero. So like if you look at like Iron Man, it's always been like uh, bad suit Iron Man. Yeah. Like, you know? mm-hmm. Or if you look at like, like evil Iron Cap, Man, yeah. it's been like the evil Opposite, super, op, yeah, su- communist. Su- super soldier. And yeah. if you look at like the casting yeah. for Doctor Strange, it's probably going to be an evil sorcerer. Magic person. So. With that history in mind, maybe mm. they cast someone that is like a mentor to Peter that becomes bad or like someone that also got bit by a spider or some sort well, of animal. That's kind of like yeah. Ezekiel. We're going to bust out Spider-Gwen? Huh? Dude, oh, no. Spider-Gwen would be awesome. No, that would not be awesome, Imran. Don't no, push for that. I kind it, of like uh, <laughs> Well, no. If we're going with someone who also got bit by the spider, you have to go with Silk then. Yeah. that retconned the shit recently. Silk yeah. is also another great news story we can turn people on to in uh, our, the segment upcoming. We're jumping. We're jumping. Yeah, we're lot. jumping. No, no, we're going to get back to the news. How do we do that, though? How do we jump like that? What? How do I jump? Yeah. You oh, press B. You I see go. what you did. You see what he did? Oh, shit. Geek bonus. Call back. Tying it around. <laughs> it's the B button. Oh, is Square. That it is? Okay. It's the A button. I mean, no, did you not notice that our 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 logo our yeah. logo is based off the A button? Yeah, that's what it's the little uh, swirl, run jump. The A button. Yeah, it was based off the A button on an Xbox controller. That's kind oh, of like on the, the Xbox. Meta yeah, 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 yeah. That's I thought, great. I thought that was a chromosome or some uh, sperm running towards an egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also shit. yes, there's a lot of banging going on in the video game world. <laughs> uh, leisure suit, Larry. Anyone? Okay. Uh, the next piece of news is uh, Kevin. How do you say his name, Peter? Do you know? Everyone says him differently. Um, I I heard 
he he refers himself as Kevin Feige. Okay. Oh, really? Feige. Isn't there another producer Every, everyone, director called Feige? Hmm. I don't know, but I, everyone, everyone, everyone I've heard ways, I don't know refer to, to him as Feige. I never say it the same Feige. way. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Uh, so we had talked about Kevin Feige Bank came out with a bunch of huge <laughs> statements. Uh, we had talked about Marvel not going to San Diego Comic-Con, and he basically said, if you can't go to Comic-Con and over-deliver, then don't go, which is kind of what I thought. I was like, they don't need to go. They they got nothing to show. Oh, they have nothing. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. Don't go. Now, he said a bunch of things about Ant-Man and how Ant-Man is going to close out phase two. Uh, you know, he says phase one ended with Avengers. So some people thought that phase two would end with an Avengers film. But the truth is there is so much more in Ant-Man. Introducing a new hero, introducing a very important part of the technology in the Marvel Universe, the Pym Particles. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man getting on the Avengers radar in this film. And even, this is the weirdest part, you shouldn't really talk about it because it won't be apparent for years. But the whole notion of the quantum realm and the whole notion of going to places that are so out there that are almost mind-bendingly Hard to fathom. He says it plays all into phase three and that Ant-Man is the pinnacle and finale of phase two. Captain America is the start of phase three. Okay. But what the fuck does he mean about quantum realm? I, I think um, he's alluding to like Dr. Dr. Strange. Strange stuff, yeah. I thought he was alluding to the, what's that prison they make in Civil War? Oh, uh, the Phantom, the, what is it called? Oh shit, it's called the, uh, it's, it wasn't zone. like prison 33 or something like that. Yeah. And it's in the negative zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he's hinting at the zone. negative zone. Oh, shit, that but, would be but awesome. But the negative zone is it's always, something Reed had made. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always a, been It's there. a very Fantastic Four thing, though. Yeah, so but like, legally. but that was also based off Pym particles, wasn't it? Oh, that's it? true. Yeah, you're right, you're that's right. That's where they held all the villains yeah. or people who were And Ant-Man had that weird thing where he had his own prison that was just like a very, very tiny thing. It was like a snow globe. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you yeah, didn't hear about that? Yeah, no, Pym no. had his own prison for a little while. That was just like this really, really tiny prison. He would he would put people in there. Yeah, and then like people busted out eventually, and I think they eventually realized that they should put people in the negative zone. Yeah, because he was kind of like being his own fucking. But I yeah, I think he's hinting at the negative zone or the cancel verse. Wow. Oh, there you go, cancer verse. Yeah, that's like a a huge uh, uh, Marvel uh, interstellar thing. Like yeah, the answer verse is the, fucking horrible. Yeah, that's a <laughs> and then that, I guess that would tie into like Guardians of the Galaxy and all the space, Thanos the space movies, Captain Thanos, Marvel, Infinity and, yeah. War. Wow, wow! I mean, they're blowing off the doors in Phase Three. They're exploring a lot of different things. They're yeah. gonna, they're really experimenting in Phase Three. That's very exciting. And he also confirmed Spider Man debut cameo well, will be in Civil War. This is actually a question I want to pose to you guys because this is something that I've started to get kind of uh, afraid of because comic books and nerd stuff is so much in the media yeah. and people have loved it for so long because kind of it's been – a lot of take, people have taken it in a gritty, realistic fashion. They've kind of like – they've made Superman like realistic. Yeah. They've made Batman realistic. Yeah. Now, as we're getting into it, I really – I first noticed this with the latest season of Arrow and I'm starting to notice this with Marvel where mm-hmm. – Comic book movies are starting to get real fucking comic booky. Yes. Yeah, and more and fantastical. Do you think that's going to start turning people off? They're getting real comic booky. Like even stuff that comic book fans grown like, yeah, yeah, we just let that happen. Well, if you look at like that's the ratings for like the Flash, that was the highest rated yeah. CW and show. And that is very comic booky. And that's booky. that's comic book as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think maybe people will come along for the ride. I think we may have exhausted the the media of the gritty superhero. Like enough, I get it. The Dark Knight is seminal, but you know, in the beginning it was great when you know Tim Burton is like I'm pulling from the Dark Knight. It's been fucking twenty years of pulling from Frank Miller's Dark Knight. There's other storylines <laughs> and writers we can right. talk about. 
to piggyback off that, yeah, I mean, every after Dark Knight, everyone was like, we got to make a gritty yeah. superhero film. So then you saw like Wolverine Origins was supposed to be gritty. Yeah. And everyone was trying to make these gritty superhero films. And I think we're past that. And now we're in the age of like embracing the comic book. Yeah, it's cyclical <laughs> and it will. I mean, Daredevil is still gritty. But the great thing Marvel is doing is it's giving you this whole wide variety of genres. You right. have your gritty, but then you have your fucking crazy space stuff and wacky shit. So like, yeah. I love how there's something for everyone. I mean, at the point when you have a talking raccoon on screen is when it's like, <laughs> this it is comic works. books. And then people are saying Ant-Man's even weirder than Guardians of the Galaxy, if that's possible. I just have this weird feeling in the back of my head that event, like, I probably because I'm a pessimist, yeah. that finally all, like, high school's going to happen again and everyone's just going to eventually shut down the comic books. It's like, oh, that's fucking stupid. I mean, like, the bubble might burst eventually because you're right. There's, like, 40 fucking superhero movies coming out in the next five years. At some point, it's going to re- reach saturation, and the bubble's going to fucking burst. Yeah, but let's enjoy the ride while it lasts. Hell yeah, this is the fucking golden age. Uh, uh, and then, uh, so another piece of news, he also said, uh, they, were, they asked Feige, Fiji, whatever, about if other <laughs> MCU characters will show up in the solo Spider-Man film. And he said that there is an agreement between Sony and Marvel, and they could do that, which is very exciting. Nice. Now, and. Yeah. So you you skipped over your Civil War thing because I talked. Oh yeah, over yeah, it. yeah. Oh, he debuts his confirmed debut in Civil War as a cameo. Now, um, can I get a Imran? Can I get a, yeah. a statistical um, guess from you? Okay. Whether or not we're going to get the Iron Spider. Oh, well, I you know I mean I think it's early, but I think that it would make sense with Tony Stark. And Civil mm-hmm. War, I don't know if it's going to... I think he's looking for a number, Imran. <laughs> I, want, I want a 22% chance. I want something like... I was going to give you 30, but you but you can't... It's too... It would be too confusing off the bat with introducing... They have to introduce Spider-Man first. Well, I saw yeah. a rumor online Spider-Man. that the solo Spider-Man film would be him kind of like trying to prove himself to be an Avenger. To be, yeah. And like Tony oh, okay. Stark would be in it. Yeah. But that's, that was that, just a rumor. I mean, Tony Tony has always seen Pete as like a son. Yeah, he's always the. I mean, that's why Cap and and Tony love of Peter Parker so much because he has the the morals of Cap, but the brains of Tony. There you and, go. and it's funny how Peter is such a fanboy for Steve Rogers. Like right. he he can he he just he falls apart. He can't talk to him, and yet he picked Tony Stark's side and ultimately bit him in the ass. Like. I, they're not going to do the press conference, and I would love to see that, but, like, it's too fucking soon. Like, you can't just up and yeah. do that already. And if they do do that, that means in the Spider-Man movie, we're going to have to be dealing with uh, brand new day stuff. Yeah, see, they're skipping They're skipping too many things. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, I, I think it's a very low chance to see the Iron Spider also because I agree, like, they have to introduce him, and they don't want to just introduce him and then, like, completely change him. But yeah. I just want my Iron Spider. You, you might get it down the line. I think you will get it down the line just because – Every film they change the costumes on yeah. these people, Anyways, mm-hmm. just so to that have... just to sell merch, they, yeah. they, they would throw in the, the toys spider. they would sell, yeah. dude. They fucking they're like, let's shove this in somewhere. The toys I would buy. Yeah, <laughs> I still have, dude. I have in the box, unopened, all a lot of the cloth figurine large dolls from the 2002 Spider-Man. Movie. <laughs> wow, isn't that uh, geek? Movie? That's really sad. Talking nerd. No, but you got to spell that in a few years. I know. Like I was like, where can, and I'd not open them. I have all of them. Wow. Like, I bet I have something that you can't buy anymore. Wow, that's. Really I forgot strange. about that, and I was like, oh shit, I still have these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, Iron Spider, thirty percent chance. That much. Yeah, real low. <laughs> Uh, so another thing broke about Ant-Man. So Ant-Man is officially, Peyton Reed tweeted that it was wrapped, done, 
and done. I would hope so. It's coming out next well, month. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so and then and then they fucking screened it. Okay. And eventually, I would like this podcast to be asked to watch one of these fucking movies when you know, because like all the websites got to see it. I was like, why not us? Come on. <laughs> Even though nobody knows who we are, it's only been three months. Fuck off, all of you. Uh, so basically, reports came back that it's good, it's fun, uh, it's weirder and wackier than Guardians of the Galaxy. That there's two post credit scene, mid credits and end credits. Okay. That's huge and very good. That ties into A Man Three and. This will be, they will reference Spider-Man in Ant-Man. He is referenced. Do you want to hear? I, oh, go ahead, Peter. No, I've been waiting to see how they're going to they're gonna sneak Spider-Man into this universe. I, great. I, was, I was imagining, like, there would just be, like, a casual reference to Oscorp. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, yeah, we you just want, bought this from Oscorp. It's right by the Baxter building. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, they'll probably do an Oscorp, but then. Do you want to hear the rumor I heard? Or yeah, you want yeah. Me to spoil it? No, no, what's the rumor? Fucking spoil it. I don't know. I think it's uh so Darren Cross or Darren Stoll. What's his name? Cross. Yeah, the bad guy. The bad guy. He's selling the the Yellow Jacket slash Ant Man technology to a bunch of bidders, and one of the bidders is is Oscorp. Oh. All right. So, and do you? Oh, it's probably we're not, not going to see Norman Osborn. No, they probably no, no. have. But they'll probably have like yet. a representative from Oscorp there. So you'll hear the word Oscorp, but uh, that's just a rumor I okay. saw. Online. I'm not. Don't. don't I mean, I think that. you could easily just throw it in the background and be like, "There's been some guy swinging around, like on some line." I don't know. I don't think it'll be that overt. No, not even that overt. Well, I think, that, you think they'll that, say the word. They're not gonna say the word Spider Man. No, 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 no. I don't no. think so. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I could see a casual reference, especially since there's so much like business stuff going on. Yeah, they're gonna reference Oscorp, but the kind of the idea is that Pete, like Spider Man, as a lot of us know he's he's a street crime hero. He doesn't get involved in the big time stuff. Right, so right, he's right. just going to be he's just this kid in his pajamas swinging around uh, Queens saving people. Like right. he hasn't been doing anything really. Can I pose a question to you guys? Yeah. Mm. Or just a statement and see what your thoughts are. Sure. So did you hear that rumor um, in Avengers? The when Avengers first came out, that they were trying to have Oscorp Tower from Amazing Spider-Man in, like CGI'd into the yeah. background. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. So. Imagine if that would have happened. Yeah. And then you they released these amazing Spider-Man films that sucked. And now they're, you know, they would have had to recast how, you know, how would they have handled that? Would they have to have been like, you know what, we have to embrace the Andrew Garfield continuity because we already put Oscorp building in no, Avengers. It's the building is just the building. It That's doesn't true. it doesn't matter who's the fucking Spider-Man. That's true. It was just trying uh, to tie it together. Yeah, but if you're saying that by putting those those Oscorp buildings in it and having to recognize Andrew Garfield was the canon Spider-Man right. in that universe, they would have been stuck. They would have been that stuck. means that means they probably their hand would have been forced and they would have had to go with Miles then. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting Good transition peril, and that leads right into our next bit of news. Is that you're welcome? Very well done. I feel like Peter's done this stuff. Before. Yeah, he's a, he's a little seasoned. Not only do we have a new Spider-Man on the screen, we sort of have a new Spider-Man in the comic books in the main Marvel continuity post Secret Wars. Marvel has announced that this new title called just called Spider-Man. In the aftermath of Marvel's summer blockbuster series Secret Wars, Miles Morales will take center stage as the face of the company's relaunch Spider-Man title. The series is going to be written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Sarah Pacelli, who actually cre- they created the character back in 2001. And she, that's a great team. Sarah yes. Pacelli is a great artist, perfect for Miles. Uh, and this will effectively replace all the Spider-Man titles that were recently canceled I think it's great. I mean, he's already been there. I love, I love Miles. I love this. 
Yeah, it's a it's a great continuation of what he's. I mean, he's such a cool character and really a is. great Spider Man for the new ages, and and represents what Spider Man should have been. Absolutely. But he's, he represents what Spider Man is. Spider Man supposed to be like the the nobody kid, yeah. yep. nothing that yep. a lot of a lot of kids who don't have a lot can relate to. Yep. And now many people that read comic books are are low income yep. um, minorities, yep. and he 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 he's supposed to appeal to them, and he does, and he also appeals to us. He's very very relatable and funny, very compelling character. And they've uh, uh, they I mean I saw like the best thing was seeing tweets from like. Uh, black kids going. There's a Spider Man that looks like me, and right. po- and po- and I was like, this is awesome. Like, it's and they've kept the essence of the character and modernized it and 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 made it very interesting. And Marvel's actually been very. This is a very DC thing. So DC has had the running like the running mantle thing where like there's different flashes, there's yeah. different Green Lanterns, there's been different Batmans. Everyone's taken the mantle, and now you're looking at Marvel kind of doing it. You know, there's a new Captain America. There's a new there's Thor. There's a new Thor. Yeah. Now there's a new Spider-Man. Yeah. But the the one thing is is that you know eventually all these characters are going to come back to their original state where it's going to be Steve Rogers, it's going to be Thor, it's going to be Peter. So hopefully they build up Miles and all these other characters enough where they're able to stand on their own and yeah. not have to like Miles won't have to carry the Spider-Man title. He no. can be his own character eventually and not just be Black Spider-Man. Oh, he's going to become like like Nightwing or something. Yeah, exactly. He's Hopefully he's built thing. up enough yeah. cuz he's not exa- he doesn't have the same power set as Peter. Yeah, he's got different cool powers. Yeah. I mean, he can like turn invisible and fucking zap. So you. I like that they're That's throwing him. Changer. They're yeah. throwing him in the role of Spider-Man to get him popular. But hopefully, he gets so popular that he doesn't need the Spider-Man title anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think there's room for multiple uh, Spider-Mans, and they've been playing with this. <laughs> there already is. They, multiple yeah, Spider-Man. they've been playing with this idea for years now. Like, there's shitloads, and then they brought him from all the universes, and Spider-Verse was awesome. It almost killed comics in the '90s. Well, that also. <laughs> That's when I stopped reading. Uh, and so to tie a couple of these things together, there's another cool thing uh, that I found that Marvel had put out another Spider-Man number one, which was very big. Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man number one came out 25 years ago this week in 1990. Yay. Nice. This was huge <laughs> because I was uh, I was in uh, high school <laughs> and collecting comic books at the time. And I bought several copies, and I was a huge McFarlane I thought you were in high school in the 60s fan going boy. to Woodstock. <laughs> I've been in high school every time there's been a Spider-Man number one that's come out. Oh, you, you're you going to be really upset because in June 1990, I was two months away oh. from being born. Oh, fuck. I'll you. <laughs> oh, wow. You're super young. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he I'm makes a, think, making me feel old. I'm a little bit older than you people. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You have you, a very mature voice. He, you do, Peter. I didn't think you were that young. Wow, you are as old as fucking Sp- Todd McFarlane, Spider Man. All right, Peter. So since you were, I'm born pretty much yet, yeah, I'm as old as Spider Man. Since you weren't born yet, let me tell you about this this issue. Why, <laughs> tell me, Grandpa. Well, back in the day, this book was huge because you see, Marvel they let a big name artist go off and write his own stories. Now that with a very high profile, oh, you're gonna character. go with his voice for a while. No, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, I could have done the rest of the show. Again, but, uh, oh, do everything with that. So this uh, this was huge because Marvel let Todd McFarlane, who's just a, he was an artist, but he had become 
like a rock star. This is the beginning of the rock star artist. They let him just have Spider-Man, his own title, write it, draw it, go off willy-nilly, which was crazy. And this is the first time they made multiple covers. There were platinum embossed versions. There were polybagged variants. There was a black and gold version. This is 1990, okay? This book sold 2 million copies at release. That's amazing. And a few weeks later, fucking collectors were buying it for 20 bucks a pop. A few weeks later. And ninety. And wait, how yes. much did it come out for? What was it was uh, it was probably like uh, two one ninety nine. It wasn't that much. No, it was like two bucks. I think it was two bucks. Jeez. But then this, was this? I'm I'm assuming people were still like pre ordering comics in the nineties. Like that was a thing. This was well. This is the beginning of all the shitty oversaturation of the market that the comic book industry saw throughout the nineties. This was kind of the precur- per- precursor of gimmicky-, gimmicky books. You know, I think they saw, look, we sold 2 million copies of this. Let's print 5 million of everything. Mm. Right. And let's print variations and different covers. Yeah, because people are eating this shit up right now. Collect them all. So Spider-Man start. This is so he, you just said this was the first time a, yeah. a comic book did yeah. variant covers. Yeah, I think so. And uh, uh, a huge Marvel one. Like I think Spider-Man started this whole thing. And I remember I have fucking hologram covers. I have gold embossed covers. I have all this fucking die cut 3D wacky shit that's fucking worthless right yeah, now. All <laughs> because they printed five million of each fucking thing. Uh, but. This was also the beginning of the creator, artist, rock star era of comic books, uh, which led to your Rob Liefeld, which led to your Jim Lee and your Image Comics and your independence breaking out of the big two and actually becoming a third giant competitor. This was also the start of the McFarlane era. Really, the art in the 90s had a lot to do with all this stuff. Because these artists, like Rob Liefeld was in a goddamn Levi's commercial. Like, I think everyone knows Todd McFarlane still, you know, people who aren't even into comic books. Uh, This was the beginning of all these guys copycatting him. And I was one of them. I wanted to be Todd McFarlane. I drew fucking Spider-Man like Todd McFarlane. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually wrote a uh, 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 an essay in high school, an essay. About Aww. yeah, this is so oh, this is geek this is so geeky. It was You're my so English dirty. class, dude. Basically, the essay was I was comparing Steve Ditko's art style to John Romita Senior's art style to Todd McFarlane's modern art. Was style. your teacher like, what the fuck are you even? And talking I got a about? fucking A on it, dude. I was very good. I had illustrations and notations, but you know, Todd, it was huge because. What he did was he made Spider-Man's eyes super big, first of all. Right. And it made it very expressive, very iconic. He uh, added a lot more webs onto the costume just in his style. Mm-hmm. He put Spider-Man in poses where he looked like a fucking spider. Like, you never saw the... It's it's interesting that that was the first time someone yeah. thought, let's make Pete, like, like, move like a spider. Right? Yeah. They, I mean, he was like... And this was also like the first huge splash pages you would see. Basically, that Spider-Man number one was like half splash pages. And then the fucking splash pages got old after like five years. Uh, but, so that was the first time you saw him in like the legs up, arms yep, up Spider-Man yep, pose? Yep, that like the craziest poses. I mean, he was doing that in Amazing Spider-Man before, like it, that led to this book when he started, yeah. you know, and he kind of created Venom and all that. But his art was so, it just, it was so impactful. Like, it takes me back. And then the biggest thing was the webbing. What? His design on the webbing was unbelievable. Because up until now, the webbing was also always a little thin kind of netting strand. Mm. Todd added bulk. You saw, 
you saw a, a thin strand down the middle and then multiple strands wrapping around and at points there would be knots in it and it was just more tactile. And then the other thing he did is that Spider-Man would always have like fucking 900 feet of webbing around him like afterwards, you know? It was the, it was, <laughs> this was the start of the era exaggeration. Todd McFarlane was known for this. Like he would draw around and then there's just like off his hand, there's fucking 200 feet of webbing. But he did that with Spawn's cape with Batman all the time. It was just this crazy cape that would never look like that, but it would looked awesome. <laughs> Imran, it looked like that in comic books. Yeah, it looked yep. like that in comic Imran, books. Imran, I'm not going to be able to continue this podcast unless you put on your pants. Oh, shit. <laughs> Listen. I mean, you're talking about webbing and capes right now. <laughs> I got a little... Holy fuck. Uh, I, 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 I didn't... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good, people. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, that... I mean, people have continued with this, that webbing design for a while. Yeah. The, yeah. the center web and stuff yeah, around it. Like, yeah. he started that. Before, it was just like a line on the page. Yep, yep. It was just a thin little thing, and it was just... I don't know, it meant so much at the time. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck was this? Now, this uh, series listener, uh, Todd's writing was maybe not the best. He <laughs> was a great artist, and uh, right at the time, he got better mm-hmm. when he started Spawn later on, but he was this was he was learning on he the job. He was no Frank Miller, is Dude, what you're saying. He was learning mm-hmm. on the job. It was like the dialogue wasn't the best, and the story, whatever. But <laughs> fucking you bought it, because it was Todd McFarlane doing everything, and it was awesome. Shit's mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah, it's very nice. All over and, my uh, face and chest. All over. Web me up. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> finally... Everyone, Toby Maguire turns forty today. Woo. Oh, he does. That he's uh what? Oh, oh I didn't know. It's Happy awesome. birthday! There you go. Uh, he's more m- my age than you guys. <laughs> he's you know, t- but he doesn't look. No, that he's old. just a little bit older than me. So I thought it really? was interesting. Yeah. So if they ever want to do like a what, dark, dark Knight Spider Man, they just fucking hire. Now that we have Peter on the show, I, I know what kind of know what Imran's thoughts are on Toby. What did you think of Toby, Peter? Well, just to go off that, if you want to do, you you, you just fucking do Spider-Man Reign if you want to do that. Yeah, where he's all old and stuff. Old That's a great book. series. Yeah. And um, my, my thoughts on Toby, it's pretty much the, the Spider-Man movies. In my, I mean, actually, I have an unpopular opinion because uh, I think the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that's on right now is actually a fantastic interpretation <laughs> okay. of Spider-Man. Yeah, we battled over this for a bit. We uh, we had some we had some words, <laughs> but basically, in terms of the movies, I think Tobey Maguire encapsulated Spider-Man better. But Andrew Garfield's no, I'm sorry, Andrew Garfield encapsulates Spider-Man better. But Tobey Maguire, the movie and the plot were better Spider-Man plots and movies. So if Andrew Garfield uh, was in the Tobey Maguire movies, that'd be amazing. Oh, God, that would be really good. That would have been really good. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I agree with that completely. That's interesting. Yeah. And just Toby's body type compared to Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield had the yeah. long, lanky body yeah. type, and Tobey was the, short and stocky, yeah. which was kind of weird for yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah I, the, the, Tobey Tobe Maguire's career is a fucking mystery to me. It's like, very I don't weird. Understand. Yeah. And yeah. nobody knew him. Yeah. Before Spider-Man. I knew him because I was like into indie movies and I'd heard of Tobey Maguire. I'd seen some of them. I was like, this fucking guy? Yeah. Nobody, fu- I knew, uh, nobody fucking knew Tobey Maguire. It was weird. He mm. just, he just did, they do Seabiscuit right before, after. He did the Seabiscuit film, yeah. yeah. And then he, wasn't he in. He was in uh, an Ang Lee movie. Well, yeah, he was in that. Wasn't he in uh, that that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and, um, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Uh, that huge movie. Yeah. What the fuck was in the book that I uh, read? Gatsby. Gatsby. He yeah. was in Gatsby. He's a, I mean, he's a really good actor. I think he's a really good actor. I, Pleasant he's Mill? a very good actor. I don't think he's a very good Spider-Man. No. He did, he did the best he could. He did. Also, yeah. in, but we're also comparing him to Andrew Garfield, who was yeah. ridiculous. So yeah. he didn't do a bad job. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. he didn't, he didn't do, a, he definitely didn't do a bad job at all. Other than maybe emo Toby in the third 
Well, that wasn't his fault either. That's though. his fault. No. Fuck was all that, that nonsense. Was it on your podcast that I heard the one of the justifications for that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who said that? I think it was on your show. Well, <laughs> it was. We're, where it was the I I, I thought okay, no I said like, it on my show and I thought I heard it on your show but yeah. I guess I heard it somewhere else where the idea behind that uh, someone's theory is that Pete being cool and yeah. weird and like yeah. kind of emo that's Pete's idea yeah. of being cool yeah oh that might have been Rugboy did he say that I heard that too I can't remember where we heard it from yeah. but I remember that yeah. and that makes a lot more it, it justifies the movie a little bit more for me but, like oh that's fucking tacky weird I'm like no, yeah that's the, what Pete that's thinks fine. Cool. the problem is how about you show it a fucking different way like that's yeah. fine the concept is great it didn't need to be done in a fucking shitty music video yeah musical mm-hmm. yeah the musical thing with was it. weird they would have been another better way so that's Andrew the Garfield news yeah Andrew Garfield would have he would have even played it off better but, or this uh, new kid would be great. This Billy Elliot kid would have yeah. sank oh, all over that. Oh, he'll do fucking pirouettes and backflips and shit. Like, is that his name, Billy Elliot? Billy Elliot, yeah. Billy Elliot is Spider-Man, ladies and gentlemen. Is it Tom Holland? Tom Holland. Oh, he played Billy Elliot. <laughs> yeah, he was Billy Elliot. Uh, you're, now you're confusing the shit out of me. <laughs> Billy oh, Elliot's shit. a musical. Yeah, uh, but singing and dancing. I'm sorry. A very, I'm very I'm still hungover. dancing musical. He just, Billy just wants to dance, basically. Oh, people okay. are stopping Doesn't him. Doesn't he dance against SWAT teams? Something like that. Like, like he, What? He dances down terrorists like they stop. I don't know. It's weird. No, I'm totally serious. There's like a scene oh, where like SWAT members come up and st- try to stop him from dancing, and like he keeps dancing. <laughs> I'm gonna keep dancing, SWAT. I don't know <laughs> if you know. I'm very shoot. big in the musical theater. I have an acting background, so yeah. I'm very big in the musical. Yeah, I've heard about this, and we're gonna talk about that. And I actually kind of love. I've been in a couple of musicals, and I kind of love certain musicals myself. Hey, it's. Uh, I feel like uh, I was saying this to Anthony earlier, like. Peter, we've never so Peter and I've never met face to face. Only this is the mm-hmm. third time voice to voice. But I really feel like I've known you for like a long time. Like we're <laughs> kindred souls. Like we think the same. It's weird. It, it's fun. Actually, I was really excited to be on your podcast because I feel like I'm this weird amalgam of both of you. Yeah. Because I read comic books all the time. Yeah. But I also go to the gym every day. Like I go to the <laughs> gym and then come home and read comic books and play video games. Hey, you are me. <laughs> He's both of us. Except, except I don't play the video games as much anymore. But I'm like some weird love child of both of you. I feel. Yeah, yeah. He's the bastard child of our fucking offspring. Uh, the- <laughs> That's why your logo is our sperm. <laughs> oh shit! That is the the nerd. How do I jump and solve? If you just slam Anthony and Imran together. And uh, <laughs> and for this we again this we have to thank Parviz Parvizi. Like all the shit that's happened to us is all because of clamor so far. Yeah, yeah. The man's got talent. God, he is a networking madman. Like he has hooked up everyone and. I couldn't be more happy that he connected us because, like I said, it's like talking to the brother I never had. It's like I, we, it's like we don't have to go on OKCupid anymore. No, we can, we can I, hook up. I shut that. Parvies. I shut our account down. Don't worry about Fuck it. Tinder. Oh, shit. Yeah, Tinder's done. <laughs> we got Spinder, Spider Vinder. Anyways, this is the part of the show where we would usually play a promo, but Peter, you got to promo all your shit. Tell everyone oh. about your shows, man. We are we are how do I jump? Our website hd1jump.com, hd the number one jump.com because the guy who owns how do I jump.com won't fucking sell me the oh, right. That so that sucks. <laughs> what a cock. Yeah. That's been a two-year battle that I haven't won. Smart but, smart way around that though. It's uh, just as catchy, I think. Yeah. So it's HD1 Jump. That's our Twitter. That's uh everything. You HD1 Jump at Gmail if you want to email us. Um yeah, we we were uh, video game journalists. We start off as just a bunch of friends who want to tell people about games, and that's what we continue. We have the, the weekly jump every Wednesday, 
for people very much such as yourselves who are interested in the video game world but don't have time to read all the lengthy articles and watch all the videos. We love doing that shit. I love watching 75-minute videos on shadow effects. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I um, like listening to, like, lighting effects and shit. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, the one or two interesting things that you needed to know. And that's, yeah, that's the Weekly Jump every Wednesday. It's about an hour and a half telling you all the stuff that happened in the video game world that week. Every Friday, we have indie interviews where I talk for about an hour or so with a different independent developer about a game uh, they're making, kind of Nerdist style. Yeah, it's great. And then every Monday, we start off the Geek Chorus, which is our spoiler cast about a very specific subject that we're messing around with. And then, and then we post a, a lot of articles just every day. We write articles on How Do I Jump. Oh, wow. Man, you guys, I don't know how the fuck you do it. You have a team, obviously, which is great. But, uh, listener, these people know their shit. And I will tell you from experience, I went on the weekly jump, and it was so much fun. You know, say hi to Chris for me. I love Chris. (laughs) Everyone loves Chris so damn much. He's just, like, a really fun guy. I actually listened to your two E3 shows. They were very interesting, very good, very, I mean, it, it was awesome. And I love the indie interview show. And then, I, and then, I, listener, I was on with them on Geek Core Spider Man, and I listened to the last one, which it was really good. You should listen to it. It's about uh, character reboots and who did it right. And I think Ooh. they specifically, you guys talked about uh, Spider Man Shazam and uh, the Flash. Yeah, my friend Rob is a is my friend Rob is like an encyclopedia of things. Yeah. Like he just knows thi- Like every time he talks, like spits facts. It's very impressive. He just he just knows stuff. But he's a very specific Shazam person. So when he was talking about the Shazam reboot, me and Mike didn't know about it. Wow. And we were just listening to him. I'm like, I really want to read Shazam now. Like, yeah, he, I never thought I'd be interested in Shazam. He knew a lot. And I had uh, we had read the, sh- the, the Justice League backup uh, stories in, in Justice League, and it was really good. I kind of knew about the legal battles. Because yeah. I I just looked it up for the the Marvel DC show we did I did with Rugboy I was and I was like oh they had to change their fucking name but he mm-hmm. went way in depth and uh, it was really interesting I like how basically DC fucks over the people who uh, <laughs> who have Shazam yeah and then Marvel fucks over DC for using the name Captain Marvel and then DC is like oh how dare you do that when they <laughs> did the exact same thing to get fucking Shazam over they got him for like Fawcett comics right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yep. That's what it was. And he so, goes through the whole history of it. Yeah, it was really like, wow, that's yeah. actually really interesting. You should listen to that. I'll post links to all these in the show notes at jockinner.com slash Speaking of you guys promoting stuff, you guys talked about um, uh, um, uh, Cape Swoosh yes. a few weeks ago. I was very happy about it. that. Rob actually runs Cape Swoosh. That's his stuff. Oh, that's his thing. So uh, I wanted to turn people on to Cape Swoosh. Remember, we played the clip of the fucking awesome Joker. And yeah. uh, I wanted to mention you guys just did Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter plays Star Lord. Did. Wow. Yeah. That was. How was that? Loads of fun. Now, what <laughs> what did you adapt? What Was that a certain issue? That was the first seven issues of the new Guardians of the Galaxy comic that came out in 2013, oh, I shit. think. You did the first seven. Yeah, wow. that was the first arc. And that's volume one. So we plan on doing volume two. We plan on going because the, the second arc is actually my personal favorite. Yeah. And what was awesome about our recording is that we were all extremely freaking psyched to be the Guardians because we just like want to do this comic so bad. Yeah. And all of us, without telling Rob, yeah. all of us who played the Guardians, we all got shirts of our character so i had the ravager symbol on a shirt nice uh he had my friend who played rocket had a rocket shirt and we all went in with jackets on yeah and then as soon as we started recording we all whipped off the jackets and you're like <laughs> guardians <time>. assemble yes. <laughs> that was a that was a great surprise that rob was there, there. that's hilarious uh 
I listener, I got to tell you, I, I will gush. You got to listen to this. It's really good. These are like audio drama trade paperbacks. Full production, high production, great sound effects, great music. They're really good, Peter. Like Thanks. I was, I they, I don't think there's anything like this out there. That I, I listened found. to a little bit too of it, Peter. And yeah, you're very very talented, motherfucker. Peter does a lot wow. of shit. Like I said, multi talented, Peter Kendall. Yeah. At well, such a young age too. I know. Stop it. You're gonna blow up. You only got up from here, Peter Kendall. You got a well, future kid. <laughs> well, actually, if uh, actually this is something I wanted to announce that I haven't really talked about yet. We're doing a Ooh. live version of Cape Swoosh. Wow. Oh. We're doing. It's called. It's pronounced. It looks like Comics Live, but we're, pr- we're pronouncing it Comics Live. Comics <laughs> Live. We're doing it uh, July 11th at at Eastside Mags in Montclair, New Jersey. But oh, nice. it's pretty much. Uh, have you seen those things at Comic Con panels where they have like professional voice actors like read the Star Wars script? Yeah, yeah, like a script reading. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing that since a lot of us are like improvisers and like smart ass assholes. Yeah. We're getting the four of us to read comics and do different voices and do different improv games and kind of mess around with that concept and oh, like a live version of it. That's fun. So it won't be like one issue. It'll just be a bunch of little. Yeah, kids. we're planning on making it. I mean, it's the first time we're doing it, so we're going to adapt and change it, and we're really going to discover what it is. But it's going to be about an hour and a half, and I think we're going to get through about three one-issue comics. And uh, dude, I'm going to be messing with them, telling them to do different voices, telling them to voice different thing, telling them they. My friends could do a surprising amount of impressions. Like wow. they're very, very, very good. Wow, that sounds like fun. You should live stream that shit or something. We're thinking about either live streaming it or uh, just recording it and uploading it. We oh, might just yeah. record it for yeah. the first one, yeah. and then as we work with it, it will start live streaming. It. I would say record and upload it. Yeah, I would live love... streaming is a pain in the ass yeah. from what Imran's told me. Oh, it's 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 tricky. Yeah, no, we've done live streams before for How Do I Jump. We did a, a oh, really? charity stream called Painful Games Done Slowly, and it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. I, I have. I the more I keep talking, the more I realize I might have done too much stuff. But yeah, <laughs> we, I do some things, dude. I said, but the, I was like, Peter does a lot of shit. He I don't know how he has shit. time to fucking do all this. You got fucking I all these don't. shows. And uh, do you, you know, do three shows a week? Me and Imran are trying to figure out our next four shows, and we can't even decide like got, when to do them and what I time. Got, listen, I have five shows planned out for the all of July, so it's going to be really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, your shows is. What I'm very I'm very excited about being on your show because also your show notes are detailed and I love them. <laughs> Ours are crappy because we just talk because we just pretty much link the articles yeah. Chris or one of us writes yeah. every week That's and the we same just thing. yeah we just barrel through them because oh. also we're on episode like 115. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, Peter. I, this is our fucking 20th episode. I'm just like I don't want to forget shit, so I tend to overstuff this these show notes. Well. You get excited because actually next week's your 21st episode, which means you can start drinking on the podcast. We may actually have to drink oh, on the podcast. That's a really great idea, Peter. Thanks for that. I didn't even uh, think about like fucking cracking a beer on yeah, the episode. Why not? It's, it's fun. Our like third podcast was us like really drunk. We've gotten drunk on a few podcasts, but they get interesting. They get interesting. I Well, I, well that, the next one might be the Jurassic World show. Yeah, we'll be fucking. So we could we could actually drink during that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's I like Do that. It. I didn't Do think it. About, why you're 21. not? We're you know, and that's the thing. We're we're twenty one. We're trying different things. Like I think it's stupid to lock into a format. Like literally, every show is different. Uh, I put out a three hour show. We did a live show. Sometimes you know whatever. Uh, we're it's until something sticks. But we're having a lot of fun. So hell yeah, that's all you want to do. Like yeah. I, one of the big things about the jump is that I get around and talk about video games 
for at least an hour a week with my friends anyway. Yeah. Right. We yeah. just started recording it. Like, yeah. we're going to yep. do this shit every week without you. Like, that's exactly how, how we got st- We and Imran would ride to the comic book st- store together on Wednesdays because we worked together and we were having these conversations and we were like, we might as well just record it. I'm like, this is the yeah. show. Just yeah. fucking tape yeah. this. It's great. That's, those are the best because also with that, you have infinite material because yeah. it's just you guys hanging out being friends. And there's so many fucking things to talk about every week. I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as being friends, but. I don't know why I hang out with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is my doppelganger. Anyways, guys, let's move on to some of the main part of the show. What do you say? I think it's about time. Okay, wait, but I have to pee first, so let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got to pee really He's got to pee. I have the bladder of a fucking seven-year-old. That's fine. So I, I'm curious. We've been we've been comic book nerding out for a little while. I'm curious what kind of jock you are, though. Me? Yeah. What what is how what are you the jock? Like what makes you the jock? Uh, so I played basketball. I did wrestling in high school. Okay. Um, Checks out. Yeah. Uh, basically, a huge basketball, uh, baseball, football kind of guy. I like um, the next. We're thinking about doing a jock show, and I'm gonna like preview the next UFC card. And like talk about like I trained in fighting and all that shit. So oh, you trained in UFC? I trained MMA, yeah, a little bit. What? What? How many? What mixed martial arts? Like, do you like how many different ones? I did. Uh, well, I did wrestling in high school, so I have a wrestling background. But I did a little bit of like Muay Thai, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in college. Um, but I got super lazy after college, and now I, I don't do <laughs> shit. Uh, I just sit around and talk and do nothing. Um, but yeah, mostly like you, sports. Like I go to all, I go to a ton of sporting. I'm a huge. I have like Chicago Bears season tickets and. Uh, oh, so you were like a Chicago born and raised guy? Yeah, Chicago born and raised. So that's awesome. Am, my uh, dad's a big Chicago Bears fan because my parents, uh, when they first got married, lived in Chicago for a long amount of time. So my dad still follows the Bears. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look, there's pictures of me and Imran from our live show. I mean, we couldn't look any more different. <laughs> he's like, I mean, he's a almost a forty year old nerdy looking dude, and I'm I work out and like at the fest like at EDC, I'm I'm the guy that like walks around with his shirt off, like that's me. <laughs> are you proud of that? Like, are you ashamed of that? No, no, I I make fun of it. Like, I'm like yeah. the, I like because my friends even are like, dude, you gotta like, you can't be so like douchey. I'm like I I'm just I'm gonna be that guy that walks by and is like has his shirt off and is super sweaty. Hell yeah! Like that's it's it's better to know that because you yeah. don't want to be just like I, I hate those people at the gym that are are so broy and yeah. don't know they're broy. Oh yeah, no, like I, I'm the type of guy that like if I'm posting like a gym selfie, I'll be like, this is super douchey. I understand this. <laughs> I'm fully but aware of it, but you, but just check this shit out. <laughs> like yeah, I'm I'm very uh, self aware bro kind of guy. That is very good. Yeah. That is very. Are you backwards baseball cap? Oh like, yeah, I was wearing Dave a backwards. <laughs> I was wearing a backward baseball cap the entire uh, Vegas trip. <laughs> That's great. I was wearing but a so backwards how- baseball cap or a bandana. The entire time. You know, he posted a photo, and I was like, hey, that's some great jock cosplay, guys. guys going on there. <laughs> I actually got to go pee. Hold on one second. Okay. Imran's back. Right? Uh, oh, I had a lot of – I had other questions. He has more okay. questions for you. I mean, I was just – I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about I love that you're on, growing, I want to expand yeah. my indie interviews to more just independent artists in general, oh. not in general, like independent video game developers. Like the fact that I called it an indie interview, which means I could I could start talking to it like some be, of my acting yeah. friends who are doing very, very well. You could talk to independent comic book creators, independent bands? Yep. Independent people, yeah. And that uh, I would I was thinking about starting to expand it and just and doing that stuff. So I tell you I, what, dude, that and it, it's a great idea because anybody who's an indie anything wants to fucking talk about their shit, especially <laughs> comic book creators. Like that's what's 
that's what it's so much fucking fun because I get so much material from it. Like I have four more interviews planned next week wow. because it's so easy yeah. to like I'm the I'm some dude making a it's independent video games is what I talk to mostly. But like I'm some dude making a game in my basement for two, with two my two friends yeah. and someone wants to talk to me yeah. about it. Well, Fuck yeah. Yeah, that, and that's great. Like it's so much better like I'm I literally I don't want to interview fucking celebrities. I just want to interview interesting people who are creating shit. But this is the this is the annoying catch twenty two that since I've been doing the interviews for about a year now and our our download numbers are getting bigger, but I feel like I can do a better justice to the indie devs if I start talking to some of the bigger name indie devs to attract attention to get people to listen to my podcast. Oh. So I attract attention and then attract more attention to their projects yeah. by popping in the occasional big name. <clears throat> yeah, you got to kind of mix it, I suppose, because, I mean, they can promote it, but it's only going to go so far, the smaller guys. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're going to talk to their, like, five friends right. and they're going to promote to that. Like, we get, a, we get a fair amount of downloads and everything, but, like, I feel – I do know a few – Large, and then I I get so obsessed with my indie games that I totally forget to like email the AAA developers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've gotten yeah, I I totally forget to like talk to people who are making like the big budget games, and we should because we have like a fair amount of press and shit now. But yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good strategy. You got to mix one. How do you find these people, by the way? I well, I listen to a few different podcasts okay. that are talk that that are video game centered, and I hear about it, different indie games from them, and then of course just going on Kotaku and like just all the there's this great website called IndieDB which is IMDB for Indies. Oh cool. And I just peruse that and also I go to conventions like independent video game conventions and I hear about it from there and like I just <laughs> my job is to find indie games so I find them in all these different aspects. Man, I and can, I just love them so much. Yeah. They're all so weird and different and and unique, and I I love them. I know I love that you like you turn people on to like the little iOS games and random games. This kid, we should do. I want to do a whole episode just like talking about podcasting with you, and like it's it's fascinating. It's um, fascinating. yeah. Well, I don't even know. I'm I'm not like a master podcaster. I'm just a, a guy who talks a lot. Like the big thing about my indie interviews is I I don't consider them interviews. They're, yeah. they're conversations yeah. where yeah. I'm genuinely interested in your life. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I do anyway. Like, I yeah. was just interviewing um, Anthony for a little bit, just yeah. for no fucking reason, just because I'm kind of curious. Yeah, no, I was great you were grilling the job. If you want to grill me some more, uh, I'm here. I've, well, I was curious. I'm curious about how the nerd comes into your life. Like, were you secretly reading comics, like, while you were, like, between, like, bench presses? Like, were you. <laughs> well, no, this is what happened. Like, I, we worked together for a long time before I, I didn't even talk to him. I, because. Like, it's two separate departments. Like, we don't talk. Then yeah, one Imran, day, and well, I'll just explain real quick. Imran is in, the, like, the graphic design. Yeah, I work in so the he's yeah, super fucking creative nerdy. department. And he works in yeah. fucking ticket And sales. I work in sales. And, like, other. literally the, the row of cubes that I work in, we call it frat row. Yeah, so this, yeah. why would I go over there and talk to you fuckers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the secretary one day, I told her, I was talking about comic books. And she goes... Oh, Anthony likes comic books. I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I, it was like a revelation. I had no idea. I was like, first of all, who is this guy? Uh, do you read comic books? <laughs> and then he got me back into stuff I had missed when I had stopped reading comic books for like the last 10, 15 years. Oh, and then that. I turned him on to classic shit. Be like, dude, you have to read this because this is why this happens over here. And so a geek, uh, Couple was born. Yeah, I a mean, geek, a jock, and a nerd. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Imran basically made me start buying comics weekly. I had only like started yeah. reading like trades and I made stuff. Him spend a lot of money. So me then too. we started going. Like the new Fifty Two just came out. So we were. Like, it was just like perfect timing. Where it was like, oh, we can just jump right back into comics. And that was 2011. And now, Peter, I shit you not. There's 14 full short boxes full of comic books in the room right now that we're sitting in. Wow, I'm jealous. 
It's no, it's like a fucking drug habit. Yeah. I don't own a lot of physical. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of things. I don't have a lot of physical media. Like I, I prefer all of my games to be downloaded. I mm-hmm. read all my comics off my laptop or my phone. Like I'm not a fan of of having physical things. Really, so the fact that I have like a com- a comic book sh- while we were uh, researching stuff for comics live, um, we were looking for a bunch of different comic book shops to perform in. And there was one five minutes from my house, and I'm like, oh, great. I'll just go there. It's like walking distance from my house. And I go, and I'm like, well, how come I never heard about this place before? It says it's been open for like seven years. And as soon as I walk up, I turn the corner, and it says grand closing. Like, oh, fuck. shit. Oh, no. <laughs> and actually, I went there. They've been closing and like like uh, selling everything in the, co- in the shop for seven months. And the oh, day shit. I went was the day before their final day. Oh, oh no. Wow. So the good part is that everything was 80% off. I was going to say, you could have got some good shit I right there. I did. I got all of their Spider-Man stuff. Oh, nice. Anything with Brian Michael Bendis on it, like anything that had Bendis on it that wasn't Spider-Man also, I bought. I bought a fuckload. That's awesome. I, bought, I only spent like 25 bucks, and I got like two bags of comics. Wow. Awesome. That's a steal. The hardcovers were 80% off. That's like going. The fucking single issue comics were seven cents each. (laughs) That's better than like a garage sale find, dude. That's amazing. Dude, it's great. I bought a lot of stuff. I bought a lot. Oh, man. But you didn't have a place to do your show, though. No, I didn't. Uh, And then I had that weird feeling because we've been planning comics live for like a year. And I had that weird feeling. I'm like, oh, if I went here like last year, maybe I could have saved their business, even though it's a re- completely ridiculous thing to think. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought like maybe if we went, Who like we would have gotten more people to come. Eh. It could have happened. No. We <laughs> sold one more book this month. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just the, the eternal self-doubt. That always says so, gang, uh, one of our other podcast buddies, the, the lads over in Northumberland, UK. Another bromance we have going yeah, on. Yeah, they're 365 Flicks podcast. They're awesome. They're a lot of fun. We've essentially been having a really long conversation with them, podcast, one podcast at a time. It's been lots of fun. Uh, Kevin Richardson on the show is a big Spider-Man fan. Chris Richardson? Uh, Chris Richardson. Sorry, Kevin's Jesus in Jesus Christ. Kevin Halden, Chris Richardson. Sorry, Chris, I fucked up your name already. Uh, anyways, he, I love them because he's a big Spider-Man fan. And uh, he listened to, he loved the history of Spider-Man on the sp- small screen episode we did. Oh, yeah, we did that. Episode uh, com slash 16 or slash Spidey on TV. There you go. Uh, and he had sent a request. And... With the fact that we had Peter on the show, it was just perfect timing, because I think, Pete, you're going to like this request. Let's, oh, God. Let's listen. And I've actually got a bit of a challenge for the, for, for the nerd, who is also a Spider-Man fan. Um, he mentions Spidey in the, in the comics all the time. And the, the challenge I've got for him, just you know, for a little sort of 10, 15 second um, section in your next episode, is uh, I would like to know if you can recommend for me a couple of good Spidey stories. I've read a few of the, st- you know, the, the comic, the graphic novels, um, but there's so many of them out there. Yeah. So if you could recommend a couple of them for me, because like I want to get back into that. Proper big issues. That, yeah, that, some yeah. proper good stories, you know, sort of Civil War level stuff. Yeah, I like uh, that. I, 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 I want to get back into that. So, nerd... If you're listening, I hope you are. Um, that would be awesome. That is really nice. First of Ooh. all, he calls it a challenge. Uh, this is like a request that I would do in my fucking sleep. Like, this is, I would be more than happy. Your eyes light up. This or, is not yeah. a challenge. And 10 to 15 seconds, fuck off with that. I'll give you a fucking hour right here, motherfucker. 
<laughs> yeah, come on. Fifteen. Hour, se- you tell me. You wanted me to talk about Spider Man in fifteen seconds. I don't think you know me very well, sir. So I love these guys. Uh, real quick, right after that, uh, they there's another clip I want to play, which kind of like defines why I wanted to start this show, why we wanted to start this show. Have a listen. They talked about Sandman, and I, I, mm. I got the Sandman. I'm not going to say how I got it, but I got the Sandman, and I've started reading it. That's some fucking good shit, like. So, you know what? It did sound really good, uh, from what they were saying. Sort of thing I probably wouldn't have picked up. I probably wouldn't have, but listen to the episode. They really, like, wax lyrical on it, and, and it, it's it's brilliant. I've only read, like, the first two or three, mm. but it's, it's excellent, and fair play to you guys. Yeah. I love that we turned them on to the Sandman. That's exactly what I was going for yes. with that show with Danielle. And these guys, they did it and they love it. It's awesome. Like, that's that's the value the show is for me. That's our profit right there. Like, we're not making money, but that was profit. That was like, yeah, it's, it's emotional profit. It's yeah. I've gotten to share happiness. But you know what's even better than money is actual money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks. So I thought this would be a great opportunity. I got a little list. And, uh, and Peter's going to give you a list. So, Chris, mm-hmm. you're going to get a fucking boatload of expert Spider-Man reading list recommendations. Not only Chris, but all of our fucking uh, oh, all and listener. And this isn't just for Chris. No, that's not. This is he gave us a great little topic, and I will have links to all these in the show notes to Amazon. If you guys want to purchase, there may be affiliate links. Maybe just Ooh, helps us oh, out wow. a little bit. You get a cool book. Well, the the narrow. Yeah, jockandnerd.com slash twenty. So, uh. How should we do this? I'll go first, I guess, and then Peter, you can go. Yeah. Do you want to? I mean, how many do you have? I. It's the thing. I got a bunch. So. And how many them, does Anthony have? A one. Anthony has one. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back and forth. I've got like three. Okay. Uh. So start it off. You got the most. Okay. Some of them might be duplicates. We'll see. I'm going to start it with. I would recommend you have to read the death of Gwen Stacy. Was that? Yeah. Under, was that? I, I was curious about what he meant by this because he is a nerd. He knows Spider Man. He doesn't need to read an origin story. Like he, he does. He think he can just jump right into a Spider Man issue like that? Well, I think he knows Spider Man. From what I can tell, he knows Spider Man from the movies mostly, and maybe not so much from the comic books. Maybe he's read. So he says Civil War. I feel like he's read that storyline. Mm-hmm. He's aware of that. He loves the character. I feel like but he's more like the. TV. I don't think he's going to get hit. By oh? Gwen Stacy, mm. because he doesn't know who she is. Like a lot of people don't know anyone besides MJ. That's a, good a lot point. of people don't even know Betty Brandt. But Gwen was in the last two movies. Yes. Yeah, and but the, I, the I impact guess of get, that death. Yeah. yeah, you would have needed to read the run up to that. Death. But that whole story is what this trade, pay, this these two issues are are pulling from, sort of. Mm. But it's two issues. I know. There's 120 more of. Well, I mean, I I put it in here because it is a it's a big moment in in his canon. It's, it was a big moment in the public because you know they killed a main character that had never been done. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's a really emotional read. Like it takes me oh, back to when I found it. I was like, just I could. I was like, oh shit. That wow. panel snap gives yeah. me chills. This, I get chills exactly because it. it's vague. Just like in the movie. It's vague what killed Gwen it's exactly. beautiful. And it's so but good. You could debate this Actually, forever. not like the movie. The movie, you see her head hit the ground. That's why the movie sucks, yeah. and this is well, better. Yeah, this is way better. <laughs> well, so, you, you could read this after reading a bunch of other Spider-Man comics, and like if you can read some of the older ones and develop some, some feelings for Gwen, yeah. and then read this and destroy your heart. Yeah. By the way, uh, looping into Gwen and looping into the variant covers thing, it's very interesting that... Spider-Man has been kind of on the forefront of these like titanic shifts in comics. Yeah. Because a lot of people 
see the death of Gwen Stacy as the end of the Silver Age of comics, That's right? right. Yep, yep, yep. And that, and that I didn't know that that Spider Man one was the first time with variant covers. Can you take a wild guess of how many variant covers there were for Spider Gwen issue one? Oh, Spider Gwen! I feel like they were. Oh boy, I'm gonna say variant. You can't go more than twenty five. Oh really? That's okay. <laughs> okay, Anthony, you have one. Well, I guess if you if you're going oh really to that, uh, I would go. 30? Okay. Uh, it was 11. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. That's still a lot, though. Like, oh, real? I'm like, I was thinking 11 was ridiculous. No. Are there comics that have 20 variant uh, covers? I, just, I don't know. I we feel just like, threw that number out I there. I feel like in the 90s, like, it was worse. Like, they're, you know, they brought the, ver- this, what's interesting is going on now is they've brought this variant idea back recently. Uh, and I just hope it doesn't lead. It's all. It's already kind of leading to overbuying certain issues because some of these are one in a hundred. Like the comic yeah. book store will get one out of a hundred, and then there's one out of twenty five. Uh, I'm just afraid that the, the same thing's going to happen again. Even though the numbers are nowhere near as they were in the '90s, where they were selling millions. I don't care about variant issues. Of no, also, it's, I was researching it's, that it's a kinda, little bit. Yeah. I found that in the links. Yeah. And apparently the variant issues of Spider-Gwen kind of inspired a bunch of people to make variant uh, images of Gwen Stacy oh, in boy. all of the Marvel Universe. If oh, you guys just mm. saw the link I sent you. Oh, wait. I gotta, let's, uh... So it's just that it's all fan service. I'm really getting off subject. I'm very sorry. But <laughs> I found this and I really wanted to share it. Someone – there's a Dorkly article about like Spider-Gwen takes over the Marvel Universe. They made the Gwengers, oh, uh, wow. Thor, Gwen of Thunder, Gwenito. Wow. The oh, Inguinable wow. Hulk. Like, it's just like, really awesome. <laughs> I, li- I like that you're taking us off topic because this is what we normally do. That happens do. all the time. Yeah. Um, Dr. Gwenge is my favorite. Dr. Gwenge. Oh, my God. The, oh, we are, uh, no, the, we're uh, looking at these. We're going to have to put these in the, in the show we'll notes. We'll put this in the show notes, Lester. Uh, man, uh, low Gwen. Oh, these are great. <laughs> Everybody Gwen. Oh, it makes in me happy. Inguinable yeah. Hulk. Uh, that's great. Old man Logan is old man Logan. Okay, that's pretty clever. Uh, I like Spider Gwen. It's fun. I like Silk. Uh, but back to Death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. These things happened, but way back in Amazing Spider Man one twenty one one twenty two in nineteen seventy three, written by Jerry Conway and drawn by Gil Kane, which were a great team at in the seventies. Like, uh, I, they did a lot of big issues. So, mm-hmm. I recommend that. Another, and then my next one is another death of. Storyline is called so the, cryptic, the death of Gene DeWolf. Well, yeah, it's bad things happen in Pete's life. Oh, yeah, anybody you don't want to be his friend. <laughs> this, uh, have you read this, uh, Peter? Um, I, it's not sounding familiar. Okay, so this took place in Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider Man, over the course of uh, three issues 107 to 110 in 1985, 1986. Uh, it was uh, drawn by Rich Buckler and written by the awesome Peter David. Peter David's great, he's written awesome Star Trek novels, and uh, he's just an amazing writer. Uh, this was it, this was a very gritty, real story kind of exposing just like the how shitty the criminal justice system is. It starts out with the death of uh, New York uh, Police Department Captain Gene D. Wolfe. Now, she, like, it's different because this was a heroic character, and she, instead of being killed in a battle, do it, she was killed unceremoniously in her sleep at close range with a mm. double-barreled shotgun. So, mm. Like, the storyline starts out like that. And Peter's pissed. He was a good friend of hers. He wants to know, you know, who killed her. There's uh, appearances by Daredevil in this. Uh, and we, we are introduced to this villain called the Sin Eater. His name is the Sin Eater. This guy's a fucking whack job. He was a formal... Former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and he I remember this drawing. It's like he used a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun 
at like close range, he would just walk up to people and blast them and just blast into the cl- into the crowd. Uh, the guy was a psycho. Uh, and then some of this Peter's in his black costume and he battles Daredevil, which is awesome. Because at one point, Peter almost loses it and fucking beats the guy to death. Daredevil has to stop him. Oh, this is Black fight. Suit Pete also. Yeah, it's Black Suit Pete. So uh, I love this storyline because it was uh, it was just a, a gritty, like the villain wasn't trying to take over the world. This was a very personal, it was a psychotic. It was like a real it was a real. Yeah, it was like yeah. real crime drama. That's some megalomaniac. Yeah. Exactly. No yeah. powers. Like, how do you deal with just a fucking psycho? Yeah. A psychotic. And it, it, uh, it, this spawned mayhem? Uh, oh, is this, is this the one that spawned uh, mayhem? I didn't look that from... Uh... Peter Parker. No, it said Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man issue 113 was when mayhem... Oh, that was two issues. And this is, oh, this is three issues after it. Yeah, yeah. this is the repercussions. So, like, yeah. right after this, we, we got Mayhem for the first time. For a lot of people who don't know, it's pretty What's much mayhem? a variant of Venom that's a lot more rage-filled. Oh. So oh, not, yeah. like, a, not Carnage either? No, not, there's there's Carnage, Mayhem, and Venom. There, There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> it got a little crazy. <laughs> it got a little crazy? Okay. It got a little crazy. As many Spider-Man, many yeah. things. They, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, do you want to talk about how many fucking goblins there are? <laughs> you know, and the Goblin story is interesting. I learned some stuff about the, uh, you know, Stan Lee actually quit the book because uh, they wanted to make Norman Osborn the Green Goblin, and he wanted it to be Ned Leeds, who actually becomes the Hobgoblin way later. Oh, the go- oh, and the Hobgoblin stuff. Oh, and then Ned yeah, Leeds there's then the, yeah, and then there's Jack O'Lantern, all all that crazy about- stuff. Um, some cool the the whole Goblin Army thing in, in Superior Spider Man is really, the Goblin Wars. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, I forgot about that. That was about part of Superior. So yeah. Well, I th- yeah, I think, I mean, you have to like, they got to read that whole storyline. But uh, one, this next one is one, if any of these on my list, you listener, this is the one you want to get. This is, it was called Craven's Last Hunt. Mm-hmm. This is like the Dark Knight Returns of Spider-Man, sort of. Just like, it was written by J.M. Demadius, drawn by Mike Zek. Mike Zek is an awesome, gritty, realistic artist. Uh, published in 1987, and uh, it's kind of it was six issues that were like a self-contained arc that even it was within itself, like out of canon. It was like, kind of like a limited series graphic novel, but they had published this across uh, Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spectacular Spider-Man. So like every book, every month for two months was Craven's Last Hunt, and oh boy, was it dark! Basically, Cra- right in the beginning, Craven hunts down Spider-Man. He seemingly shoots him in the head. And buries him. Mm-hmm. And then he puts on his costume and attempts to be a better Spider-Man. But he ends up kind of turning into a uh, like a Dark Knight version of himself. Like he doesn't know how to be Spider-Man. He's very brutal and physical and violent. And MJ doesn't know what's going on. And she just sees him and she's like, Peter, what are you doing? Like she just sees him on the news. Uh, he goes down he hunts down former adversaries. Vermin is involved, who's like this really creepy fucking dude that lives in the sewer. <laughs> fucking vermin. Anytime vermin comes up, oh I chuckle. Yeah, so he's fucking just weird. a fucking mutated rat, dude. But you kind of feel bad for him in this. He's used a lot. He's Who do you feel bad for? For vermin. Oh, okay. Because he, he mm. really doesn't know what he's doing and and Craven uh, uh, kind of tortures him and sets him after Spider-Man. Um, I really don't want to spoil the ending because it's fucking awesome. Mm. Uh, I'll spoil it then because I have never read this. Uh, and it... Yeah, this leads into a, an interesting other story. This is a little pre-Civil War, right? Oh, this is way pre-Civil War, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is an yeah, it's an old you're bringing out the oldies. This is classic. This is when and this like it doesn't even connect with the main storyline. It was its own thing. Uh and I'm gonna spoil the ending. Basically at the end he just like goes back, goes home to MJ, like after everything's resolved. Like Peter does. Yeah, Peter. So you know, and uh, I thought what was interesting about this is Mike Zeck uh, had not gotten the script, so he drew all the covers for all of them first. And I will put a link in the show notes to part four of this, which is like the iconic fucking cover of Black Spider-Man. He's crawling out of his grave in the same mm. It's so mm. awesome. But Mike Zeck drew the Punisher limited series. He's an amazing artist. Like he drew one of the quintessential Punishers and he brought his awesome talents to this whole series. You have to read Craven's Last Hunt. It's one of the best Spider-Man limited series ever written, dude. It's amazing. They did a little bit of Craven's Last Hunt in the cartoon. In the, well, yeah, and also in the in the canon universe leading up to Civil War, he oh. did something similar to that. Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, it's it's back, but like, yeah, it, it, he gets Pete gets killed again, and he does a lot of the very similar things, but he. It turns out that he killed uh, one of the clones. Yeah, I think he oh, killed Kane. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then, and that was what was really weird about that is that uh, Pete also got beat within an inch of his life. Like pretty much, there was this weird justification where Craven beat the man, but the spider was still alive. Yeah. It got weird. What? It, yeah. Anytime we get into the part, okay. So we're getting the weird part of Spider-Man <laughs> is getting into the totemic powers yeah. of the totemic origins of Spider-Man because technically his powers come from the Spider God. Blah blah blah. I'm not getting into that because it gets really that, fucking. Yeah, they retcon this in the early 2000s. Oh, weird. Yeah, it yeah. gets really weird when you get into that. And pretty much the idea was Pete got beat within an inch of his life or defeated, and the man was killed, but the spider still lives. So he went back to. Pretty much, I forget what the the big Spider Queen God is, and he pretty much got reborn. Not Madam Web. Not Madam Web. It was literally a giant spider. Like it was time, literally like a time, massive like spider. Like the Weaver? No, it, it's not Master Weaver. Oh, that was in, this is like something that's never come up before. Wow. It's like the spider god, this massive spider woman. Wow. And she bites him, and he gets reborn with all these enhanced powers. Yes. And it pretty much was. I remember reading this. He literally gets 2000s? reborn in a cocoon. Yeah. I remember and reading this now. This was yes. in the 2000s? Yeah. This was leading up the Civil War. Pretty much the justification was this, was we want Pete to be a bigger. Yeah part of civil war but he's not strong enough yet to fight these other villains uh, so we're doing this bullshit thing to jack up his powers I, I usually embrace the comic book stuff but that just sounds awful you know what though it, <laughs> it was really good actually it's the Ezekiel stuff is cool and you you kind of they made it so that Peter was always supposed to become Spider-Man ah. yes that was always a thing that yeah there was a justification that what better predator than somebody who always was prey it was his destiny. Uh, like he had been picked. But he isn't that to go against what Spider-Man is, it being yeah, his destiny? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe I, I think know. a lot of bit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's, Peter's supposed to be the everyman. Any guy, any random kid can become I mean, a hero. But also, when you get into when you get into fifty years of a comic, Peter's yeah, Peter, the shit. everyman Parker parents were also international CIA agents. Yeah, they were yeah. like shit agents. <laughs> so it's, mean, it gets a little weird once you get to the parents. I mean, stuff. what fucking kid goes to a radiation fucking science uh, thing now? Anyways, yeah, maybe in the sixties. <laughs> maybe in the sixties. Uh, but you know, yeah, and they got, they do these things, and again, you know, they do that with. Uh, with him getting married and then retconning that and then Spider-Verse and Superior. But the character always survives because he's awesome. Um, yes. uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, he has to. Yes. Okay, next book I have that I think I let you read this. The uh, Anthony, the Black Costume Saga. 
No, you didn't let me read that. Oh, I didn't let you read that? No. It's really good. <laughs> this basic this book basically tells the story of uh once Peter returns from Secret Wars with his black costume, through figuring out through him like enjoying the fact that this costume responds to his thoughts, that he doesn't need to change clothes anymore, that he could just think things, and it kind of makes him dark and uh, a little bit uh, emo-ish because we realize that this costume is a living symbiote and yeah. it's, it's, it's affecting his psyche. So it takes us through that. It takes us to him getting rid of it like twice, I think, and then kind of wearing a fabric version of it and some of his Avengers uh, adventures in as Black Spike. And then... Uh, and this is also the one, spoiler, spoiler, I'm just going to fucking spoil this. Mm. This is the, the, the saga where MJ tells Peter she's always known that he oh, was wow. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So this is big for a couple reasons. Yeah. The black suit yeah. and MJ. First of all, him. when that black suit came out, it was in the fucking, it was on Time Magazine. It was in the newspapers. Like, this, it was huge. It was, there was, it was on the news. Like, nobody had done that. They're like, you're changing Spider-Man, iconic Spider-Man, how dare you? And it was very exciting and it was awesome. I love the black costume. Yeah, and it was he was he was it was just supposed to be a straight up black costume for a while. It wasn't until like the very end where right. it was revealed to be a sentient creature. Yeah, it was, it was just like it was this good is because Pete in was, a black outfit. That's just what he is now. It yeah. was good because it was simple. Yeah, you know, it was very just a black classic. It yeah. holds up, and I even love how he he got it because he's a fucking idiot and went to the wrong machine in Secret Wars. Like <laughs> Spider Girl's like, oh yeah, just go down in the hall over there. And he's like, is this it? And he puts a thing on his head, and then he just, this symbiote. Like, fucking perfect Parker Luck. Like, he went to the wrong machine. For such a smart kid, he I know. to such shitty situations. <laughs> but he gets oh, himself out of it yeah. with his yeah. wits and his gall and his gusto. Yeah. So this black costume saga, you can buy it in two parts or, like, one long part. It's a lot of books. It's great, though. One of my favorite parts, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Peter, where he's dreaming about the two suits kind of tugging at his soul and pulling him apart mm. while the suit itself is going while he's sleeping the suit goes on him and takes him out web swinging and he has no idea he's asleep yep wow. there's a the lot of really cool stories so many great things that does this. sound cool yeah. yeah and then oh it's so good uh so definitely check that out this next one i'm gonna throw to the jock Oh, shit. Oh, Shiza. Yeah, yeah, so I actually own this one I, I, I might have let you borrow it yeah i think you turned me on to this yeah. one so this is spider-man blue it's written by Jeff Loeb and uh, illustrated by Tim Sale. Jeff Loeb actually runs the Marvel TV department. Yes, he does. Um, Six-issue limited series in 20, 2002 to 2003. They also did, like, during this time, they did, like, a Daredevil yellow yeah. and, like, a Hulk gray. Well, and this team is also responsible for the awesome Batman Long Halloween. Right. Um, I didn't read those other books, but this one, this one is the... Uh, I would say the one that hits me in the feels. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys... Have you read this, Peter? Um, is this is this a, a combination of some Spider-Man stories? Was this the original? So what story? it was is no, it, this it was, was a limited. It was series. a limited series, and what it was was um, Peter kind of looking back on his. He's looking at um, old video. He's recording like videotapes or uh, cassette tapes yeah. of like his history, and he's talking about Gwen. So he's, he's looking back yeah. on like his history with Gwen. And he's kind of talking to her. He's talking he, to he her still through misses his her. tape. Yeah, so he still misses her. Um, and they're going through like the adventures of like when they first met. And like Craven's last hunt is alluded to in this, they like redraw that. They redraw the scene where they first kiss. Like it's very good. Um, and I'm just gonna spoil the end because I'm an asshole. <laughs> Do it. But uh, this is the part that I almost legitimately cried at the end of this comic. Aww. So they uh, he's talking to Gwen. So the, it's about six issues. So the whole the whole time he's talking to the Gwen and he's talking about how he still misses her and that like he knew that once they uh, they kissed that he was gonna be with her forever. Mm. And he's he's narrating this to Gwen on through the cassette tape, 
And the whole time, there's a, a shot of MJ, and she's been watching this the whole time. Yeah. And this is the time when MJ and him are living together. And they were married, married. They're I married, think. Yeah. yeah. So MJ sees that he's, like, talking to Gwen, and he, like, looks over to her, and he's just, like, like surprised. Like, oh, my God, like, fucking MJ's been watching this the whole time. I'm talking to Gwen. And MJ just says, like, you know, like, tell Gwen I miss her, too. Yeah. And then he ends the recording like that. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So it's a very, it's a very, it's a very emotional, but it's, it's like a, really it's like good. a, it's like an oral retelling of Spider-Man's history. Cause Craven's house hunt is in it. Yeah. Um, the time they first meet, uh, Gwen and Spidey is yeah. in it. And the artwork's great. The artwork's I love really Tim great. Yeah, artwork. It's it's like redrawn, like back to like the classic 60s style. Yeah. Lots so of it's very, back, very, uh, very good. I'm sorry. I spoiled it. It probably should not have spoiled it's it. It's fine. It's, it's, it's still will get you in the field. It will. Oh, yeah. It's It'll still, real, yeah. You know. I, I actually had known what the ending was. I bought it because I knew what the ending was. Oh really? Yeah. I bought it like, Oh my God, that's a Spider-Man story. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna buy that. A lot, you know, and a lot of these are like not your typical superhero stories, which is what I love. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't really a hero story. It was just a story of his love and his new, his old love and his new love. That's that's always been very interesting. With a lot, from reading a bunch of different superhero um, comic books, it it doesn't happen so often that Pete's personal life is the main story. Right. Like, yeah. you're always worried about who Pete's dating, how's his life going, is his job doing well, and not really in any other comic do you really, you just care about who they're punching that week. Yeah. Right. With Pete, I read a whole, there's an arc going on recently where he's, um, he was, uh, um, uh, he was trying to get m- uh, money from the government to fund his uh, Parker Industries. Yeah. And he went to a board meeting, and I was like really into it. I'm like, yeah. oh, is Pete going to get funding? Like, why do I care if Pete gets funding? <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> there's another comic. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but there's a storyline where he uh, he's visiting some kid that has cancer. That's a great one, actually. That was one of the that ones on that came up. No, but okay. it's a. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's called the kid who loves Spider Man. Yeah, and the kid it's is, like a one issue. One yeah, off. the kid has a terminal illness, yeah. and he literally just visits him and reveals to him that then, he is he's yep. a, just at, a regular yeah. guy. And he pulls his mask off. Yeah, and then so and then he's it's just like one of those storylines where it's like he can save the world from all these things, but he can't save can- a kid from cancer, yeah. which is like really yeah. in the feels as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a very in the feels guy right now. I don't know, maybe it's just the no, it's the character man the character. Yeah, it's Spider Man. It's Spider Man. Like that's what's so great about this one. It's the humanizing part of him is always the best part yeah. right and it's not like one of, it's one of those things where it's like he he doesn't just move on and like slay all these women and doesn't give a fuck like he actually has relationships that mean things and it's funny we talked about on the geek chorus on that show how you know you forget that like peter's old nerdy but dude he gets mad women everywhere left and right yeah. there's always hot girls around him what but the, the thing fuck? with the peter too it's always and i read this somewhere it's always it always gets bad before it gets good oh yeah he fucks it up <laughs> well and anything like he yeah. things around him get bad and then they get yeah. good it's always bad good like he anyone around him yeah it's like bad peter you guys have said it all the time like when parker's happy it's not a good thing not yeah. a good thing and there's there was a little there's a lot of happy yeah pete can't be happy no but it, that's but he, i mean but then that he's always, controversial he, he always has a there. smile at the end like he always comes out of it with a smile at the end and is still cracking jokes and saving people yeah. Which is that's who he is. Awesome. He's supposed yeah. to be like this this shining light in the darkness always, and the darkness comes a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Man, like basically he, yeah. the opposite of Batman, who's always dark yeah. regardless of yeah. It's a fucking situation. resilient character he yeah. is. Uh, okay, I got a couple more. This one, I don't know how many people know about this one, but a couple of big things happened. There was a book. It was a one shot that came out in 1986 called Spider Man versus Wolverine. Ooh. 
Uh, Peter, I bet you, that sold are, like hotcakes. Are you aware of this one, Peter? I I think I know it. I don't think I've read it though. Well, so the story was called High Tide, and it came in between Amazing Spider-Man two eighty eight, two eighty nine. At the time, there was uh, the Hobgoblin was big. Okay. And we didn't know who the Hobgoblin was. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what happens in this one, it starts out with Wolverine and his buddy Charlie, and they're messing about with some KGB agents in, in Soviet Russia. It cuts back to New York. Jameson is sending Ned Leeds, who is a writer at the Bugle, and Peter Parker to Germany because Ned has some leads on this, uh, like, mafia criminal called Charlemagne. And uh, they want to go and get the scoop, right? So, mm. And Ned Leeds is the Hobgoblin. Well, that's, yeah, we find out. Okay. But that something else big happens. So, and right before they leave for Germany, again, Peter decides to quit. Again. Just another one of those things. This where is the like, yeah. one where he throws it in the trash. No, this right. is like the fucking 12th, 100th okay. time. It's just yeah. like, it's like a Thursday. Okay. He's like, ah, fuck it. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, what basically, did they do is because he goes to Germany without his fucking costume. And, uh... He uh, there's a funny part where he has to go to a, a German costume shop and get a Spider-Man costume, <laughs> and it says D Spinny on the back, which means the spider. Nice, like it's a shitty German costume because That's he typical didn't Peter. One. Yeah, so he gets to Germany. Wolverine sniffs him out, you know, as Peter. Like he just calls him out. He's like, "Bub, what are you doing here? I know you're Spider-Man. Get the fuck out of Germany." <laughs> Turns out this buddy Charlie Wolverine with is with is a woman, and her name is she's Charlemagne. Mm. She's causing a little bit of issues. Wolvie, Logan is trying to protect her. Pete's trying to just calm everything down. Uh, this one I may spoil. There's a couple of major things. This is Ned Leeds gets killed. Colombian fucking necktie uh, tied to a chair. Shocking. Shocking because Ned Leeds was the Hobgoblin. They kill him off in a one shot. Not even in any of the main titles. Mm. So potentially a reader could have missed this whole book. Right. You know, it was a it was like a better format book. It cost more money. It was on better paper. Uh, and then there's a great moment with uh, Charlemagne. Charlemagne, this one I got you. What I want you guys to read. She kind of pulls a death by cop. By what? Cop? Death by cop thing. She. I don't want to spoil. That's all I'm gonna say. It's okay. fucking heart. It's this whole book is like really, really intense and and kind of dark and like a lot of people die. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then 289, it comes back. Uh, the issue of Amazing Spider-Man after this, it's they're at the airport and Ned's body is coming out of the plane. Like it's right in continuity. And I always thought it was odd. Remember we were at Pastimes and the guy had this issue and I was like, dude, check out this. This this book's great. I've always loved this story and I love this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like for the fact that so many main things that affected the main continuity happened in this weird little one shot. Definitely check it out. And, uh, well, I don't know what Peter has on this list. Have I repeated anything you... you no. Oh. No, actually. I wow. have uh, completely different ones. Oh, shit. These next two might fucking repeat. You know what? I'm going to go one more, and then if you don't mention these, um, I will come back. Sure. Uh, this one, I'm going to jump around. This one... Okay, this one is an honorable mention kind of thing for Chris specifically because he's Scottish. Okay. Okay. This is a... It's a. It's an original graphic novel from 1990. It was called Spirits of the Earth. I have it in, like, hardcover. It's really nice. Uh, Charles Vest wrote and drew this. Okay. Now, this is another case of where the art is fucking gorgeous. The story is a little Scooby-Doo. Okay. And you'll see why. (laughs) Uh, And so Mary Jane and Peter visit her ancestral land of Scotland. She's inherited a castle from her family. 
Mary Jane's Scottish, eh? Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's where they make redheads. That's, that's <laughs> right. where they all Geek come from. Uh, so, of course, the castle she's inherited is haunted. Oh, no. And there's fucking ghost knights. So that's why it's a little Scooby-Doo story. But the landscape, the castle, the Scotland fucking fields, it's Charles Vess is an amazing artist. It is gorgeous. So uh, for Chris Richardson of 365 Flicks Podcast, I'm just suggesting you check this out because... It's your homeland. It'll it'll remind you. Is he the one that's Scottish? I think so. I don't know. One of them Scottish. Same shit, right? (laughs) They'll figure it out. They know who I'm. They'll 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 figure out which one of them. (laughs) I think they know which one of them is Scottish. So there's no. (laughs) You would you would hope so, right? So Charles Vest took fucking two years to draw this whole thing. He painted it. It's fully painted. Oh wow. So just for that alone, I I I would try to track it down. Again, story's not great. Artwork brilliant. Okay, so that's gonna be my list. I'm really curious to see what Peter has. Well, um, it, it ties into what I was saying. Um, I don't know if we rec- – well, you did record that section where I talked about the comic book shop was closing by my house. That's yep. in the podcast, right? Uh, sure. If not, I will put it in there. Oh, <laughs> well, essentially everything. a comic book shop closed by my house and everything was 80% off. So oh, yeah. I bought a lot. I, I cleaned out their Spider-Man stuff and most of their Brian Michael Bendis stuff. And so that gave me the ability recently to reread Ultimate Spider-Man. Ah, uh, Yes. From issue one, like from when – before Miles Morales came in. Yeah. And if you want something that reintroduces you to Spider-Man without holding your hand, like it's a very well done origin story and it moves very, very fast. It's very quippy. Bendis writes quips very, very well. Yeah. He feels like Spider-Man right from the beginning. And so if you wanted to like start off fresh with the Spider-Man and like want – if you want to read an origin story, I very much suggest Ultimate Spider-Man because it's great. And I found myself rereading a buttload of it because once you get into like Ultimatum and stuff like that, it gets amazing. Yeah, like the arc – the story arc in like 7 like seven through 18 or 13, like it's really good. And, and it starts getting really weird and, and, and very realistic even for how old it is because people start knowing – very quickly, like May knows he's Spider-Man, Gwen yeah. knows he's Spider-Man, yeah. MJ knows he's Spider-Man, like, and like a bunch of superheroes. It's, it, the Ultimate Universe takes a great realistic approach yeah. because everyone like pretty much finds out he's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Buy the trades of this listener because that's – like you said, Bendis writes for the trade. It's It moves very quickly. Uh, but it is. It's a great – oh, it's such a great re- – like it was like what if, you know, Peter was in high school and we just hung out with him. Yeah, it was like a great, good interpretation. And he's like, he's not like the nerd. He's kind of quippy. He gets, he gets sassy. He feels like a teenager. Like he gets irrational at times. And like as a young kid with super, he gets, he's like 15 years old again. He's like, fuck you, dad. Or like, fuck you, Uncle Ben. Yeah, he gets pissy to him and stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, I've never, I've never heard, heard that. I've heard that run is really amazing. Dude, I have never it's read great. it. It's great. And you'll see, I mean, I think most people, if they're watching these movies now, they're going to see where a lot of this shit got pulled from. Yeah. Because they and, incorporated a lot of this. There's a lot of great – of course, the, all his romance relationships go on. There's a large section where um, he, Aunt May pretty much makes like a boarding home pretty much for like oh, superheroes. Yeah. She doesn't make a boarding home but it ends up one time like Pete, Gwen, Iceman, um, the Human Torch and someone else is living with them. They're like, all living there. They're all living in Pete's house. Oh, wow. It's kind of like Ultimate Spider-Man the cartoon. Where yeah. yeah. All live in they they pull that house. really hard from then. It's very, very good. Yeah. And then when you get to like Ultimatum, and then you could just go right into um, Miles Morales being Spider-Man, his whole run. Are you gonna, did you read it to the end? Oh, mate, the death of Spider-Man yeah. in Ultimate Universe is – is another thing I'll suggest like if you want to just read the beginning and then jump to that or yeah. get to that naturally yeah. that ending 
is so beautifully sad. Yeah, it's really it's good. Great. You're like, it also fucking- involves one part where MJ drives a semi truck into Norman Osborn, which makes me <laughs> that's awesome. Giant goblin Norman Osborn. Yeah, that I was like, they fucking killed Peter Parker. They just yeah. fucking shot. Holy shit! I was shot. It was re- it's really good. Yeah, and she, no. and he dies in Aunt May's arms. Yeah. And- and yeah. Gwen's and uh, and MJ's there, and it's actually it's later revealed that Miles is like just in the crowd. Miles was there. Oh, Miles wow. had become Miles before this. Yeah, and uh, he's like his his story is awesome because his story is pretty much he gets spider powers. Yeah, and he's trying to use them. He's trying to do stuff, but he's like, no, there's some dude swinging around yeah. who's already Spider Man yeah. and doing a great job. This is great. Yeah, I jumped then, on with the Miles thing. Miles is great. Uh, yeah. And then Pete dies, yeah. and he's like, oh, whoa, this kid is, like, my age, and he was Spider-Man? Fuck, I got to do something. Well, isn't it Genki who's more like, he's like, dude, you got to be Spider-Man now. Yeah, like everyone gets dead. on his case. Yeah, you got to yeah. do this. You got, you know, you have these powers. I love, yeah, I love it. The transition from that to, to the Miles, uh, it's been so good. It's very mm-hmm. good reading. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that, that's, you pronounce it Genki? I've been so curious of how to pronounce that kid's that's name. That's what I think. How did you think it was? I've been th- looking at it. I'm like, Gonk? Gonky? <laughs> I don't Gonk-ay. know what fucking Kevin Feige's name is. I can't pronounce yeah. anything. Yeah, I, I thought of it as Genki. I know he's what, like Chinese or yeah, something? Yeah, he's Asian. Asian? I don't yeah. Genki. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know. There's a great beginning of that run where he, he puts on the outfit for the first time and everyone's just like, that's in poor taste. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he puts like, on, yeah. Yeah. He puts on the old Spider-Man outfit and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? But then, uh, uh, and then... Peter comes back, sort of, doesn't he? Yes, and then he comes back. He turns out to be alive, but he doesn't know why he's alive. So pretty much, him and MJ get in a car and like drive off they, into the distance. Just leave. The and we never, they never explained. Was he a clone? Was that was him? He gives yeah. Miles his original web shooters. Yeah, that was his uh, big thing. But I guess now that the Ultimate Universe is dead, wasn't that cheap in the death? That oh. guy's gone. I don't know. I think I feel like they just did it so Miles could get his fucking web shooters. <laughs> They, I mean, he could just he had he got them from that's true from MJ Aunt May or MA yeah. Aunt May gives it to him because they like find out and like Aunt May tells Shield to like find out who this fucking Spider Man is because I want to talk to him. Oh, that's right. And, they, and, and they find there's it. a big. I'm not going to ruin our. It's very very good. Yeah, it's good. Like Spider Woman's in it and like uh, yeah, yeah. people. Spider Woman's in it a lot. She yeah. becomes a big character yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and if we're going to go with canon universe, yeah. and then just continue reading Ultimate Spider-Man, because that whole run is astounding. Yeah, but if we're going to go with canon universe, I, my, one of, probably my favorite Spider-Man arc happened because of Brand New Day. And Brand New Day, we're not going to talk about. Please don't. Yeah. Brand New Day is the, is the horrible scab that needed to be pulled off. I, I, it sucked, but it needed to happen. Should we just explain, basically, you know, Peter gets basically, married. Yeah, basically what happened, yeah Pete, Pete was too happy. Yeah. He was married. Uh, people he wanted to know he was Spider-Man, knew he was Spider-Man. People he didn't want to know knew he was Spider-Man, didn't know he was Spider-Man. Everything was great. Everything was perfect. Essentially, Pete was way too happy, and the writers needed a yeah, hard reset. like, what the fuck? What do we do now? Like, we can't yeah. do any of the fucking poor Pete stories. Yeah, so Mephisto does this whole thing, and uh, the story is actually kind of interesting and kind of sad, but he does this whole thing where he basically takes Peter Parker's marriage away from him because him and MJ's love is the most pure love in the entire galaxy, blah, 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 and he wants to, like, take and have it. And he feeds off suffering, so he wants to have, like, a version of them suffering for all eternity, but, like, they won't know about it and crap. Wow, like I skipped that whole thing when I heard I was like, there, really? There's Ugh. an interesting thing because basically he makes pretty much – it, it takes place after Civil War. Everyone knows he's Pete, and Aunt, and Aunt May gets shot. So Pete's, oh, like, yeah. trying to go all over the place and, like, trying to find any doctors right. to save her. And he's swinging around as Peter Parker because yeah. he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And eventually Mephisto comes in, like, hey, if you, I'll give you 
if you if you want, I'll save her. I'll save her, but you got to get your marriage, like blah, blah, blah. And he says, no, fuck you. And he keeps trying to swing around and he keeps being haunted by this ghost of a little girl who's telling him to like go back to Aunt May. Don't ruin all this stuff. Like have your last moments with her. Be happy. Like don't be all crazy. Nice. And eventually he goes all around and uh, eventually comes back to Mephisto with him and MJ. And they like – he's like, you have – like 12 hours left like what do you want to do and him and MJ just kind of hold each other and cry for 12 hours pretty oh, much wow. and they eventually decide like we're going to have to do this we're yeah. going to we're going to have to have our marriage so Mephisto basically makes this magic bubble that Pete goes into and he's like anyone outside of this bubble won't remember your Spider-Man I won't even remember that you've been Spider-Man everything will be fixed wow. oh by the way to add insult to injury you know that little girl that you've been seeing all the time that's the daughter you'll never have oh wow. shit yeah wow <laughs> That was a weird, like, little knife in the What's heart. What's her though. name, Annie? I They never revealed her name, but the character model looks very similar to Annie. Huh. Which Annie- goes into my theory that the version of that Mephisto takes that's eternally suffering, yeah. my theory is that Renew Your Vows is Mephisto's universe. That kind of makes sense because in this reboot, he's married to MJ and they have a daughter named Annie and he's kind of quit being Spider-Man. Yes, hmm. that's my that's my theory that the that the brand new day Mephisto universe is oh. the is that universe. Wow! Can I just say so? That's when I started collecting comic books. I was in sixth grade. It was 1986. <laughs> I remember buying the issue where he proposes, and it was huge. And I remember yeah. all the multiple wedding covers. Like they had one where he was he was just a Spider Man and he had a suit over it. Of course, mm-hmm. ridiculous. And his linesmen and groomsmen were all superheroes. And then they had a regular one. And then at Shea Stadium, live on television, yep. they had a fucking wedding ceremony. That's awesome. Yeah, Pete got married in Shea Stadium. I remember that. It was awesome. <laughs> and so but, they, they undid all of that with all this bullshit. Yeah, they did that hard reset. Uh, the, the Basically, the idea was um, on the day of Pete and MJ's wedding. That's, this is the idea of the reboot. Now, on the day of Pete and MJ's wedding, Pete didn't show up. Like that's oh, the idea. He got cold he feet and went. didn't show up, and Holy everyone's shit. pissed at him. And she's just scorned forever. Huh? She's scorned. She goes off to California and pretty much dates Leonardo DiCaprio. They don't call him Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> but it's Leonardo like, DiCaprio. There you go. Yeah, she goes on to have like a big movie career, and they just kind of like they don't talk for a while. Yeah, and... but like then now the, the the sad part about it's like now we're back into the Pete we want. Pete's yeah. down on his luck. No one loves him anymore. Aunt May's cha- alive. They yeah. change that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a it was some, it was something no one wanted, but it's something we needed, and it also led into one of my personal favorite Spider-Man arcs, uh, the Gauntlet. Okay, that's what we were getting to. Why are we talking yes. about Brandy Day to get to the Gauntlet? Why well, don't Gauntlet? I don't, I don't the think Gauntlet I okay, is what? great because it reintroduces all of the Sinister Six Ooh. in the new universe, and there is a specific issue for like each. It's how the fucking movie should have done it because each of the Sinister Six get their own like seven issue arc. Oh wow! And they get reintroduced, and he fights them and stuff. And like it's it's Electro, it's Ock, it's Rhino, it's uh, it's Goblin, and they reintroduce him in this all new great way. And my personal favorite one is the Rhino. The Rhino is a villain that not a lot of people take seriously, and he's right. a very great tragic character. And the reintroduction, I, I suggest reading the Gauntlet, and I highly suggest reading the Rhino story because it's my personal favorite. Uh, I got, I got to check that you out. I don't think I've out, ever yeah. read that. The Gauntlet's through. beautiful. It's very well done, and the oh. Rhino. Oh, I get chills just thinking about it. It's, it's the great. same Rhino. What's his name? Uh, it's the old uh, Anton Naruchev. Yeah, something yeah. Russian. Yeah, yeah, some Russian. I, I've Russian. always liked the Rhino though, because uh, you me you knew fucking this was gonna be a tough battle coming up. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, whatever and that he was. Up. Yeah, he always he was a tragic character because he's always like kind of done it for his wife. He's never really liked being a villain, and, and he's, he's like, like kind of a. Yeah, he's stuck like that, you know. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? What are you fucking? He's kind of like a it? like a Mister Freeze kind of character. Yeah, where yeah. He's like, damn, oh, okay. trying to save somebody. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a good one. Yeah, the Gauntlet's great, and it also leads into another one. Uh, if you want to just get into. If you already know Spider-Man, you just want to get like a great crazy story. I loved Spider Island. Ah, see, this is interesting because I started reading again weekly. I waited till Spider Island was over because I was oh, like, "Oh, uh, you missed something fucking great!" It was you good. missed MJ with spider powers. I know. I I remember seeing it and all the and it, the thing is, it reminded me of the Clone Wars, and it really turned me off a little bit. I was oh, like, dude, it's oh, so fuck. good. All right, so that's good. Tell us about Spider Island. The idea is that. Uh, I'm not going to reveal who it was, but a mysterious figure pretty much lets a legion of radioactive spiders out on New York. And in the night, everybody in New York gets spider powers. Can you imagine that? You wake up one day and you're Peter and you're Spider-Man. And one day you wake up and everybody has spider powers? Yes. Everybody has spider powers except MJ. What? Every single person in New York City has spider powers except Mary Jane. Why? Well, it's revealed later on. After the thing is over, they're like, why didn't MJ – well, she gets powers later on. It's okay. revealed that she gets it much later on. But she actually uh, developed a resilience for Peter Parker's oh, I DNA know where this is going. after their many years of intimacy. Uh, mm. <laughs> she was – oh, shit. There's a great That's line where great. she was like, the one time I don't want to resist you. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Wow. She and had too great- much spider sperm and it did yeah. nothing. It was great where they were talking about like, oh, it's because of all the times you guys uh, shared a toothbrush. Yeah, shared a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great explanation, though. I love and that. And she eventually gets it, but it's there's a twist in halfway through because the spider, everyone starts turning to these giant mutant spiders, like literal spiders, and they start attacking the city. And then they so MJ one. eventually gets it, and it's her and Pete fucking fighting an entire city of spiders. Get the fuck out. That's awesome. Like kicking the shit out of Pete. It's Pete and MJ just kicking the shit out of an entire army of spiders As together. Spider powers. Oh, man. That's, that's great. Awesome. I, you know, I have read a lot of good things that I got to go back and uh, check out that whole. Spider series. Island was fantastic. Um, I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to vamp. So I'm trying to find you an image because there's this great. Uh, image of Pete and MJ on the top of the Empire State Building, uh, and Pete's wearing the bottoms of the spider outfit, and then MJ's wearing the tops. And I'm sending you the picture right now that you can put in the show notes. That's like the big culmination. Oh of wow! Island. Yeah, I remember this we're, cover. Yeah, yeah, where Pete Pete's in the spider volumes. MJ's got the top on, and they're just fighting this massive army of spiders, just kicking the shit out of them together. Wow! Spider Island rules. Spider Island was fucking baller. <laughs> And I loved it. That's fucking baller. <laughs> That's a go. Are, That's are, what are I'm going to catch up on. Pete and MJ together at this point, or are they just? Um, there's a lot of. This is actually also leads in the brand new day a little bit oh. because the idea uh, during the, the the big bubble that Pete goes into okay. at the last moment, MJ rushes in and says like, "No, I forget. I'll be with you forever." And she crushed. And they and they and they hug. And now you can tell extremely extremely subtly in their dialogue. That there is a tiny, tiny part of their memory that remembers. Oh. And it's fucking tragic because there's just these moments where just like the smallest part of them remembers what happened. Oh, wow. But it's just like traces. Oh, it's horrible. And it's just like. Everyone hates Brand New Day, though, right? Everyone hates it because it's a horrible scab that needed to happen. That's, yeah. I mean, it did kind of need to happen because what were you going to do? Like, it's been 50 fucking years. Like, uh, now what do you do? And if we're going with stuff that pissed off the fans yes. that 
talk to. Um, and then the final one is all of Superior is beautiful. Yeah, see, I'm good. I didn't mention that because I did have that and I fucking love it. I loved it because this is when I jumped back in and I was like, what the shit is going on? And and I loved it for that reason. Uh, it, was the, it was a huge risk and ballsy and just so emotional. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. You, I and remember you telling me about it. Yeah. yeah, I would tell I Anthony like every issue. I would like tell it back to him. I was like, dude, you got to read this. Like, dude, it, I couldn't sleep yeah. some nights. Wow. I was going. I was doing shows. Like I do. I do some shows, and I I like drive. I'm in cars with people for like hours on end, and I'm just talking to people, and we're just chatting. Eventually, sometimes Spider Man comes up, and like, well, something kind of crazy is happening in Spider Man right now, and I would explain to a bunch <laughs> of different yeah. people uh, what happened to begin Superior Spider Man. Oh yeah, and all of them. As soon as I got to like, yeah, then. Peter dies, issue 700, and that's the issue 700. The yeah. fact that they ended on issue 700 is yeah. beautiful. So give, let's hear that pitch line. What is Superior Spider-Man? Essentially what happens is um, after all the years of Dr. Octopus um, beating up Spidey and being an old man, Ock is uh, four days away from dying. He's dying. He's going to die. It's horrible. Yeah. But he's an old man who's gotten punched for like 30 years. So he's dead. And so eventually they go to a little island. They're talking to him. And Pete wants a moment alone with him as Spider-Man. And then at that moment, uh, Pete takes off his mask and, like, reveals to him who he is because he only has a few, like, days left to live and he wants to talk to him face-to-face. And then Ock has this big monologue about how I always knew that you were going to be better than me and then all this stuff. And then Pete says this thing that says, um, I'm really glad for all of the accomplishments you had, but the, the biggest accomplishment in my life is that nobody is going to remember your name when you die. And everyone's mm. like, what, Pete? <laughs> a little harsh. Yeah. Pete, like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it's revealed that in that moment, um, Stock Ock let out a golden Octobot that changed their minds, that did a mind swap of them. So in that moment, that was actually Dr. Octopus talking. Wow. That was the switch. So now Pete, now Ock is in Pete's body and Pete is in Ock's body. And then an Ock's body dies. It's going to die in three days. There's a lot of things that happen. Pete starts realizing that he has all of Ox memories and he starts trying to go through all this thing and busts himself out of prison and like busts out every single villain out of this prison and like offers millions of dollars to help him out. And he's just like, fuck, I'll deal with this after I get my body back. I'll get all these people back in jail. I just need to get my body back. And I could go into detail. I know. I mean, everything that happens. But yeah, he. Wasn't the setup like a hundred issues prior with like. It was beautiful. There was like a helmet that. Uh, he got he got left from yes. uh, Otto, and that's actually what started the transplant. Uh, this is this is Peter. This is Spider Man as a dick. Like it's mm-hmm. so great. Like you said, I could go like in his head. Peter is still in his mindscape, and they yeah. battle in his mind. And at one point, oh god! At one point, Peter completely. You think he's gone. You, uh, Otto's like, yeah, he actually taken- kills Pete twice. Yeah. At the kills- end of Spider-Man yeah. issue 700, Pete dies, but he's still like a lot. Still in, in his the, head. The, the definition of the, in the Marvel universe is that you are made up of your memories. That's what makes yeah. you the yeah. essence of you is, the, is your memories. And since Pete's memories are technically still alive in Ock's head, Pete is alive inside of Ock's head. So, but then Ock fucking deletes him. <laughs> yeah. And at one point, uh, he, he finally gets in there, puts the helmet on, wipes him out. And you think. Fuck He's Peter. dead. He, he killed Pete really twice. Close. Yeah. Fucking fucking Dan Slot. Fucking Dan Slot. I love Kills it. Pete twice. I love I love the balls on this whole thing. And then Pete, uh, you can't kill Pete. He there was still a little tiny memory I mean, fragment. Yeah, left essentially in there. he deleted him until like everything that was the essence of what Peter Parker was. Like yeah. he deleted him down to the spider bite, uh, I think the death of Gwen. 
And I think kissing MJ for the first Those time. Those are like, huge memories that he couldn't get yeah. rid of. Wow. Well, they also, were, it's what Doc Ock deemed necessary right. in order to continue being Spider-Man. He needed the bite. He needed Gwen's death. And he needed MJ. Yeah. Because oh, that, wow. that was the character. Oh, yeah. That was the essence of Spider-Man. So, and and it's some, it can be argued that he does become superior. He yes. finishes his edu- Peter's education. He finally he gets a, a doctor. Yeah, he becomes a doctor. He opens a, a business and uh, yeah. this big research lab. He has spider drones all over so that he doesn't have to be everywhere at once. A lot of times now that he just tells the cops what's going on so he could be free to do mm-hmm. this all the shit. He starts dating uh, a little person. Anna uh, Maria Marconi. Anna Maria. Awesome. It's so great. And and he's just a dick. And uh, the whole time is like even the Avengers scan him and he fucking tricks them. Yeah. Yeah. What's also great is that one la- when they he actually makes Pete before he kills him in his mind, Pete actually forgets about Uncle Ben right before he dies. It's horrible. Oh, like yeah. he doesn't even remember the death of Uncle Ben. Oh, yeah, uh, it's which is oh, it ripped apart my heart. So, so is Peter ba- like Peter's back? Now, yes, but is he like a broken Peter? Is well, he he's, no. he's got a lot of he's himself. He just has a lot of explaining to do to a lot uh, of people, as he always does. Yeah, <laughs> he's like but, I, every time, every issue, he's like, ah, uh, that was me. I'll tell you about that later. But what's also beautifully and horrible about Superior is that Superior Spider Man went on for a goddamn year, thirty one issues. A goddamn year and of that two happening. annuals, and also I would definitely check out the Superior Spider-Man Team Up series. Was a lot of fun because just to see him interact and to see the rest of the Marvel characters be like, "That fuck's wrong with Spider-Man." I also heard <laughs> that during this run, Superior Villains of Spider-Man. Yep. Oh, the Superior Foes of Spider-Man was is really good, great, yeah. and that Spider-Man's not even in that. Yeah. It, that's a really great series. It's like an indie, indie comic, comic book style. style yeah. I would definitely check that one out. This is a good. Very good pick. So, written by Dan Slott, artwork by Ryan Stegman, Humberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Coppola. And I have confirmation that Dan Slott did this to fuck with me. <laughs> oh, he, Dan Slott tweeted Peter, by the way. He said he did. He, he, did. he goes, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll put the tweet in the show notes. He goes, I did this to fuck with Peter at Peter K at his Twitter. I was like, and then I saw it on Facebook. I was like, oh shit, Dan Slott That's really funny. tweeted him. Yeah, I. This is all your fault. To, someone who sponsors our Geek Chorus is this uh, guy called A Place to Hang Your Cape. And it's another great website, but he apparently knew Dan Slott from a convention. He's met him once or twice. So he listened to our Spider-Man episode, and I made that joke that I thought Dan Slott um, did this run specifically to fuck with me. And he he t- he tweeted Dan Slott that, and Dan Slott tweeted me like, yeah, I did it to it fuck is, with you. Yeah, wow. it was aw- that was so awesome, dude. Well done. Well done. Yeah, so Superior is awesome. Check it out. Yes, so Superior, uh, Gauntlet, uh, Spider Island. And uh, yeah, it's or and just all of Ultimate, all of Ultimate. And I'm gonna throw in one more thing, maybe two more things. Spider Verse, Spider Verse, Spider Verse is Endgame Spider Man. Like after you read all that, read yeah. Spider Verse, then die. you you will catch up to where it is now. That's a good There's point. There's so much quipping. There is so much quipping. I in that fucking theory. love Spider Verse. Basically, this storyline involves a family called the Inheritors, which Morlin is part of, and they jump from. Time, multi-universe to universe, hunting down all the spider totems and kind of just consuming yeah. them. Yeah, that they is, really that jack is up Morlin as a more badass villain. Yeah, yeah, was I was surprised. For a yeah, while. yeah, he was huge. And every so, I love this because literally every Spider-Man that has ever existed on page, on screen, on cell, on newspaper strips is in the fucking Spider-Verse. Yeah. And we can talk about this forever, but I have one question for you, Imran. Yes. Of all of them, yes. who is your favorite? Like, who is your who is the most favorite 
spider in that entire thing. You mean character-wise or just character. like... Uh, not moment, not thing. Like, who oh. are you happiest to see? One spider. Well... Uh, yeah. Fuck. You get one. You get one. I know. We all love, love all of them. I don't know. I kind of thought it was cool that Superior was there. Yeah, Superior was fun. He got punched in the face. Yeah, he got punched in the face. But the role Peter played in all this, I thought, was great, too. Yeah. Him start learning to be a leader and he stuff. He was like a like general in a war. I don't know. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Peter Porker Spider Ham. Yes, Spider Ham. That's what you were hoping for. I love Spider Ham. What about you? Who was your favorite? I loved uh, Peter Parked Car, the sentient Spider Mobile. Oh, Peter wow. Parked Car. Was that Spider Buggy or was that the was car? Spider Buggy? His it name was, was Peter Buggy. Parked Car. Peter Parked Car. I mean, for uh, no shit, dude. There's uh, the '60s Spider Man is there, mm-hmm. and they're and like Spider Man. Yeah, and they're like, why are these buildings only five windows wide? Why is everything so flat? Why are you dressed like that? Like Tobey Maguire and Andrew McGarfield Spider Man are in this. Mm-hmm. The, there's a great bit where they're in the comic strip Spider Man. Yep. And Morlin is telling him shit, and every three panels they're repeating it. You know how the comic strips are, where yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Is there a memory issue in this universe?" Well, I just said that. Why do you guys keep repeating this? It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's oh god, so it's good. so meta, so well done. And one more thing, written by Dan Slott, also written by Dan Slott, also one more thing. Check out Spider Men from 2012. Mm, I read that. Five-issue limited series written by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. This is actually the first crossover of the Marvel 616 and Ultimate Universe. Yeah, so it's historic. Yeah, Mysterio of the 616 is doing some shit, and he gets a dimensional thing and ends up over there. Peter And Peter meets Miles. Yep. It's, yeah. It's awesome. For the first, not the only time, though, but they, they're going to... That was a, a very historic issue. That was literally the first crossover. Uh, you know, and I remember reading at the time, Joe Quesada had said that... Uh, if the regular universe ever crosses over with the ultimate universe, we've run out of, ide- run out of ideas. We've run out of ideas. Right, but like- I don't think they did. I really loved Spider Man. Yeah, it was it was it was fun seeing them uh, hang out and fight and and be buddies. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And he was like, "Oh my god, you're that Peter." So I think we've given the listener lots of great reading material. This is a solid list, and even oh, yeah. even shit I got turned on to that I have to go now. Read. This is a this is a list. Well done, sure. Peter. Thank you. Uh, dude, thank you for you, Imran. <laughs> yeah, it's Imran and Peter, and I just threw in one book. No, you fool. You threw in a great book. It was, That's uh, true. It was a good contribution. Yeah. So, uh, last, uh, before we I mean, go, I still have tons more to say. I mean, I, that's the thing. This, this show could be five fucking five hours long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we might just have to do a separate episode. <laughs> but I wanted, while Peter's here, I wanted to talk a little bit video gaming news. Specifically the fact that for this whole week, I have been watching this dude on YouTube fucking play Arkham Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's a like it's a regular TV show. Like I tune in. Like he plays six hours every day. Uh, it this game is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was confused about the whole watching video games uh, thing, but I get it. Yeah. It was like yeah. watching this awesome movie where occasionally Batman has to do things four or five times until he figures out how to fucking do it. <laughs> uh, but still very interesting. Like. And the guy was a good player. So, like, key is to watch someone who's actually good and he's kind of kind of has a good personality. You could hear him. It's fucking awesome, dude. Peter's been playing this game. Peter, how I good have. is this fucking game, dude? Um, I've been, I've, I'm about 12 hours into this one. And, I mean, I Rocksteady makes great. The thing is, I could talk about this game for a while because I know the, the, Arkham, the Arkham games are very, very good and they, they – they, revolutionize how superheroes should fight in video games that yeah. had that Did whole fighting really? engine. And yeah. also I personally 
uh, extremely latched onto this. Like I rarely ever play games through a second time. Wow. And I 100%ed each of these games twice. Wow. wow. I never play games through twice, and I 100%ed both the first and the second one twice. Oh, shit. If I had a better system, I jumped on, I played, was Arkham Asylum the first one? Yes, it was. So I played that throughout night. I'm one of those where, like, I can't play video games because if I play video games, I won't stop until I finish. Mm-hmm. So I won't eat. I won't sleep. <laughs> He'll yep. kill himself. I won't do anything Death until I'm done. Death by video game. So, like, that game is so immersive. So I, I know that this is the fourth one in the series, right? This, uh, yes. It's the last one also, right? This is the end. Well, okay. So Rocksteady made Arkham Asylum and Arkham uh, City. Arkham Origins was made by a separate company. Oh, Arkham um, Origins was separate. Wow. Arkham Origins was made. Well, it's the same canon storyline. Right. It's it's pretty much Batman Year One, but it yeah. was not made by Rocksteady, which why that game is good. good. It just doesn't have. There is so much love that goes into the Rocksteady games. As you probably noticed playing Arkham Asylum, that every every inch of that game is covered with Batman lore. Right. Like I they actually jam all play, of it into I played it. Arkham I'm now I'm I'm a liar. I played Arkham City too. So I've done okay. both one good. and two. What's great, Escalation is Rocksteady did a fantastic escalation in these games because Arkham Asylum just starts off as the asylum. And just it's so in the dense. asylum, right? Yeah. And they they put they pack so much they embrace all of the Spider Man his um not the Batman history sorry mm-hmm. and they embrace all of it and they put so much stuff that like only real Batman people would know, and then Arkham City they do this great thing where they kind of flood half the city so you right. get one island and like uh, kind of half an but island it exp- and, but they st- expanded it yeah and it's still jam packed with stuff it feels like Arkham Asylum just bigger Maybe and now right. Arkham uh, Arkham Knight yeah. is all three islands it's huge. of Batman no oh, wow. nothing's flooded. There's people on the streets, like, you have the Batmobile, you're Batman, you're fucking Batman. Dude, this game, this fucking game has everything. This is a, it's a open multi-world game a la Grand Theft Auto. It is a fighting game. It is a driving racing game. It is a tank battle game. It is a puzzle, puzzle solving, legit detective game. They polish everything. They're so, so and every character is in this, everybody's in it. Oh, and I gotta. I, we might have to spoil who the Arkham Knight is. No, uh, don't, don't because I actually don't Damn know it. yet. Okay, okay what's the storyline though? Um, the storyline is um, essentially this is this is late game Batman. This is Long Halloween, Killing Joke. This is a Batman where everything has happened to him. Okay, like He's Tim Drake is Robin. Oh, Tim uh, Drake is Robin. Nightwing yeah. exists. Like okay. everything. Um, something that happened in Arkham City happened that I don't even want to ruin that much there. Uh, but the Joker is not in this game. He's he. Right. You burn his corpse at the beginning of this game. Okay. Wow. And so this is the idea that it's a lot of it's a very large theme of all of Batman's sins coming back to haunt him. So it starts with literally every single villain in Gotham City get together, and they're all going to pretty much attack the city at, on one night at the same to time try, yeah. to try at the same time to oh. pretty much try to exhaust the Dark Knight. Yeah. And everything comes in like Barbara Gordon is Oracle in this. She already went through all the Killing Joke stuff, so she already was Batgirl. Like everything, this is Batman at his pinnacle. And the game starts off with um, um, James Gordon saying, "This is the night the Batman died." Hmm. And there, tr- there, a lot of people have been theorizing that Batman's dead at the end of this game. I haven't beaten wow. it yet. Oh wow! Uh, people, well, they're they're they. Rock City has said that this is their last Batman game. This yeah. is the end of the Arkham trilogy. They're done after this, and you can tell because they put everything into this game. So there's a this dude Arkham Knight who is yes. in this armored suit is kind of running all all of the villains and 
taunting Batman. Well, no, nah, he's he's working for Scarecrow. Oh, he works for Scarecrow. Okay, so you, yes. you meet him occasionally, you fight him, and he gets away, and you fight he's the supposed, He's this person who seems to have the extremely same skill set as Batman. He seems to know Batman yeah. in some way. Yeah, um, we don't know and, who this is. But you can't find out who he is, and that's yeah. a big part of the game of who is the Arkham Knight and why does he have such a vendetta against Batman. This is for only for my personal thought process because I might end up buying this game after we're done with this podcast. It's beautiful. You it's should. Amazing, but how... Man. Much gameplay do you think it takes to finish this one? I, the main storyline, not all the like those the side oh, shit, not like um, the uh, like picking up the Riddler clues or whatever. Yeah, like, uh, was in Arkham. I'd City. say it's about a twelve to fifteen hour campaign if the, you just want to the, play. It. The guy on YouTube I watched, he played. He's been playing it all week, six yeah. hours, four to six hours a day. He hundred percented it last night. Oh wow! Live for all up. week? Yeah, it took him all week though at like six hour streams. Okay, yeah, that means you can get through the main... If you want to just... I mean... He the, did all the, the missions, yeah. yeah. The side stories are very well done. They're are very they? tempting, okay. and they're very, very good. Fuck. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. There's so much shit in this game. It's unbelievable. There is. Well, I remember I playing Arkham City, so I just two of the most wanted. I just finished up two of the side missions, and they were great. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this game will fucking grab yeah. you by the balls. It's there's, not going to let go for 18 hours. There's a thing called the Ark, the uh, Arkham's Most oh, Gotham's Most Wanted, and it's pretty much like Two-Face, Penguin, um, uh, pff, fuck, Firefly, like a bunch, of the, a bunch of the Batman villains, and they all have their own like side quests that are usually like six or seven missions each, and you can go through them, and eventually once you defeat theirs, you lock them up in, in uh, Gotham PD. And the really fun part about Gotham PD is that it's a representation of everything you've done in the game. All the bad guys you've defeated show up in uh, Gotham PD, and you, like, walk by them, they yell at you. Oh, they're oh, all wow. in jail? Like, you could go they're, there. <laughs> yeah, like, the idea is that you beat them all up, and Gotham PD came up and wrapped them up. So, like, everyone you've defeated is in Gotham PD, and you can go and talk to them. Wow. So was this series, and and because uh, obviously you know a lot about games and stuff, so this series is there- was li- is considered a game-changer in the... No pun intended, but a game changer in the yes. in that in the superhero like more than like a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. very much so because okay. there is actually not there is the the Batman Arkham Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought that game was going to be good. There hasn't really wow. really been a lot of good superhero games. No, there hasn't no. actually before Arkham Asylum. Spider there weren't Man, any Spider Man Two. That's it. Amazing Spider Man Two was very very good and people liked it, but specifically Batman. Yeah. there has been no That's good superhero games. Before. No, they're all shitty like the side scrolling shitty fucking games from the eighties. Yeah, a lot of them, and they also try to, in terms of story, they try to bust in the origin. They try to introduce you to these yeah, characters. No. To, like, do it. And Arkham Asylum was just like, fuck it. Yeah. You guys all know what this is. This is Batman, and this is all we all know what Batman is, and these are all Batman's dudes, and this is an original, very good Batman story we made up. I mean, shit hits the fan, and it doesn't yeah. stop. Like, it's fuck. I mean, st- and voiced by Kevin Conroy, Kevin Con- and great the voice actor. Mark Hamill, yeah. and like, oh. So wait, just real quick on Origin, since it was a different company, and it's, but it's mm-hmm. the same canon, so that game wasn't as good. Uh, it was good. It just didn't... Deadshot was kind of the looming villain, It didn't right? have the heart that the, the other two games had. No, it mean, was good. Deadshot. Deathstroke was the looming like guy, yes. right? Okay. It's still good. It's still very playable. It just didn't have that... It's I not didn't Rockstar. Get, yeah, Rockstar. It wasn't Rocksteady, and it, I didn't have that, like... Yeah. That all oh, so much passion into every single inch of this game. You know what game? I, this is, we're gonna go. I'm just gonna take yeah, it yeah. a little off topic, real That's quick. All right. Another game my my ex girlfriend turned me <laughs> on to, which was is kind of similar but yet a little different. Uncharted. Do you like those games? Yeah, I love the Uncharted games. Those I'm, games are really good. Uh, Naughty Dog is one of my favorite. Naughty developers. Dog is, re- and I bought the, what The Last of Us, which is a mm. Naughty Dog game. That was really good. I thought Naughty Dog's very good. I like Naughty Dog because I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of those like. 
all your choices come in at the end and like, right. oh, everything I do affects the ending and this. I'm like, no, I mean, Naughty Dog is so good because they spend so much time on a story. Right. There is a single story in this game and we spent a fuckload of time making it an interesting story. Right. Awesome. And I would rather have one very well conceived intricate story yeah. than like a game with 30 different endings that are like kind yeah. of okay yeah yeah uh, that's what i uh, i almost appreciate like the naughty dog and i guess rocksteady too where i'm playing the game and it's it's a story that i'm like i have to play the game to continue the story yeah yeah you know? it's a lot of uh, the big thing that naughty dog does is that you are playing as the character you are not the character right especially like in in the last of us I'm assuming you beat that also. I beat that also, yeah. There's a very controversial thing that happens at the end that Joel does, and their big excuse was like, well, the thing is, you are not Joel. You are playing as Joel. Joel made that decision. People don't get this? (laughs) Well, because so many games are just like, choose your own this, do this, you get to choose the ending. You get to know, fuck you. You're playing my goddamn game. This is the ending. This is what I want to happen. This is the story. You're going to play it this way. This is the story. The way you get there, you're going to play it. Yeah, yeah. That's really, yeah, I like... Yeah, I'm sorry to take it off topic. Why are no. all, wait, I wanted to ask, why are all these new games like a fucking sequel or there's a number or it's a second part? Like, it just seems to um, be like every game is a sequel of something. That else. was a big thing that came on E3 last year. A lot of people called E3 the year of sequels last year, yeah. where everything was two or three or this or reboot that. And it's yeah. just, it's a very similar to the movie industry yeah, that reboots yeah. and sequels are safe. But this year's E3 was actually very, very impressive to um, to announce a lot of original IPs. Nice. If you, if you could see... And this is horrible. This is like the worst of uh, um, the bad part about movie making. All the movie games, the games made off of, uh, or movies made off of video games have been bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. uh, What movie would you want to see? Question. Or who's done it right? Or who's done it right? Or what? What? Yeah. I don't think there is a good one. You're right. You're talking about. Well, in terms of, there have been rare um, games based off movies. There's been like four that were very good. The Riddick game is very, very good. Oh, uh, uh, that's not game, even what I was getting at. I was going the opposite. But yeah, even the games based off movies are bad, right? Usually, well, yeah. The, the Riddick game was very, very good because uh, Vin Diesel's a nerd, and he didn't allow his game to be bad. Okay. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Vin Diesel's a massive D and D nerd. If you guys didn't know, wow, oh, wow. really? He has a tattoo of his D and D character on his side. Uh, Anthony just made the cringy uh, face. Really? <laughs> Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel is a redonkulous nerd. Wow, wow. I did and, not know that. Uh, the King Kong game that was one of the release titles for Xbox 360 was actually pretty good because it was a release title and they wanted it to be good. So it was actually it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I remember but in terms of, I game. really don't think any movie has, has yet, showcased yeah. no, a game. They haven't nailed it yet. The best movie game yeah. that I've ever seen is not based off a game. It's Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim is the best video oh, game movie. Oh, that's ever. interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so many people say Scott Pilgrim. Is the best video game movie that's ba- not based off a of video uh, game. Off, off a video game, and I, you know, and it's like I've seen like the eight bit game of Scott Pilgrim, and it like perfectly captures the whole that whole the yeah. tone of that. Yeah, movie. The, the, and the actual Scott Pilgrim game is very good, also. I love the books. I've read. Uh, I yeah, and the, the comics are yeah. beautiful. That's an interesting choice. I would have to agree because yeah, that was that is like, like a game. Yeah, video game. and then I think about like, what do you think of Pixels coming out? It's going to be shit. Adam yeah. Sandler should stop doing things. It, yeah, he really should. It looks awesome. Like, it looks fucking crazy. Yeah, because but... he has buttloads of money from all his other I know, good I movies. I can't believe he's Do you think the uh, the Warcraft game will be any good? Or Warcraft, no, um, uh, it might be because it's something that everyone's been everyone's been yelling at. Like, companies like Blizzard or um, are, uh, um, uh, the people who make Insomniac, the people who make um, Ratchet and & Clank and stuff. Yeah. 
who make these beautiful cutscenes in their movies, or yeah. like Square Enix makes Final Fantasy. Everyone's always been yelling at them, like, why don't they just make a movie based off their cutscenes and stuff right. like that? And now Warcraft is. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Did you not like that? What about the Final Fantasy CGI movie? Oh, um, the oh, with the shitty one or the the one with Cloud? Oh, there was two of them. There was there was one that was uh, one that was based off Final Fantasy VII that had Cloud and Sephiroth fighting, which was awesome. That one was really cool. And then there was another one that was uh, kind of ha- it was like yeah, it was an original story. Huh? I forget what it was called. We could do a discussion just on video game movies. That's a great topic. Yeah. I'll, come, the, I'll the come la- back to that. Yeah, yeah the, the last- Spirits Within. You're t- are you talking about the Spirits Within? Yeah, I think that one. The last that video game. Oh, go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. What? Oh, no, go for it. What'd you I was gonna say the last video game movie I saw. Was uh, Street Fighter: Legend of Chun Li? Oh boy, have you seen that, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> oh my god, that might have been the worst children. movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. They, there's, there's a, a titanic amount of bad video game movies. That can't be Most worse. of them made by UA Bowl. <laughs> Uwe oh, Bowl. That guy's a fucking nut job, dude. I mean, well, that was the you. worst. He movie. doesn't need yeah. your fucking money, okay? <laughs> yeah, gotta, that was the I, worst movie with like actors that were legitimate I that I've ever seen. I think it was worse than RoboCop three. I still think that's the worst movie ever made. Aww. <laughs> oh no! Well, I've talked okay. to yeah, Frank Miller wrote that piece of shit. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, there's Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, which is the original thing. But there's also Final Fantasy VII: Advent Children, which is a that's a, a better fun, one. It's a movie. It's very good. It's just like this is awesome cutscene fighting. And oh. it's just like a lot of fighting, it's and like it's just movie. very well That's done because awesome. Square Enix makes beautiful fight scenes. That's awesome. We'll have to do a show with That's Peter. That's a great, yeah, we're going to do that. Well, like Peter, you're back and forth, us. like video games yeah. based off movies and, and movies based off video oh, games. Oh, that is a fun topic. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go off that. All right. Fuck Pete, yeah. That's Pete's awesome. Book for that one. All right. So before we uh, bust out of here, we got a voicemail message, Anthony. Oh, shit. And Peter. This is what I said before. You might know this fella. Let's all have a listen. Hi, Anthony and Imran. It's David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape. Uh, I've been loving the podcast. Listen to the first, like, seven or so episodes. I don't know. Um, Really, really enjoying it, though. Uh, I'm going on holiday next week, and I've got, like, ten episodes of Jock and Nerd and the first Miss Marvel trade. Jock and Nerd! Keep me company on the beach. I'm really excited. Uh, keep up the good work. Jock and Nerd! Ah, and oh Nerd. my god, I love David. Thank you, David, so much for sending a voicemail. He's done so many things right in that voicemail. We're going on holiday with David. That's awesome. That's great. You're gonna go on the beach with him. Holy shit! I hope we don't ruin his fucking vacation. Was I was gonna nah. say I don't know. I don't know if I want to be on the beach with us. Like me and like, can you imagine like your naked body and mine? Why are you on the beach naked? I don't know. The nude, fuck I, kind I, of beach are you going to? Nude beach, obviously. Fuck off with your nude beach, your EDM electric dairy conference. Uh, but uh, and he's taking Miss Marvel. Uh, after yeah. I said I am Miss Marvel, yeah. I like Miss Marvel. But oh, thanks, David, and. Uh, yeah, uh, do you know David Peter personally? Um, I talked to him on no, he lives in England. Yeah, he is. Oh. Wait, you know what? He, well, I knew that from he said holiday, holiday. but his he accent. has no accent. He's a very, no, he's, very American. He's accent. from America and moved to England because his wife's British. Oh, but and he's like things. seven years ago. But he says like he signs off all his emails with cheers. He says going on holiday. Like yeah. he's just an American in a- England saying all the it. British things. It happens. Sure, sure, why not? Yeah, but he has no accent or anything. Actually, his brother lives in New York and is going to help 
help us out, um, get some recording stuff. Oh, that's oh, excellent. Nice. That's awesome. But no, he's great. He, yeah, he's, I brought up before, he sponsors uh, the Geek Chorus and he's awesome. And he got Dan Slot to tweet at me. So I love that man. It's, it's all t- connected. He's editor in cape at a place to hang your cape, which you can find at ap2hyc.com. I will have a link in the show notes, jockernerd.com slash 20. Peter, what can you tell us about this website? I love some of their articles. So that's very good. Some I love all of all them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> a place to hang your cape is no. It's they're they're a great blog. I think they're starting a podcast soon. He oh, was inviting me on to talk on some sort of podcast they were doing, and I think they did it. They did a Marvel vs DC podcast, and I I don't know if it's out yet, but he he did record it. And yeah, they do a bunch of articles about um they uh about comic book news, about casting, about this. It's it's a very good website, and they have a lot of very good. Authors and they're sending my friend Mike to New York Comic Con. It's going to oh, be uh, oh, representative. Oh no way! For that. Nice. Oh nice. I I like this site because it was the only site for the first time where I saw an article titled uh, "Why Guardians of the Galaxy is not a good movie." Or yeah, like I read years. that one, and, uh, and he that. makes good points. Wow. Yep. Also, the website's ap2hyc.com, and I'm a fan of anybody who has numbers in their uh... <laughs> just like <laughs> hd1jump.com, where you can find Mr. Peter Kendall. Yeah. Uh, so listener, if you want to send us, so what he did, another example of, he just recorded, he's from overseas. He can't call us. He just recorded a voice message on his iPhone and emailed it to us. Brilliant. He took my advice that I gave way back. I think it was an episode two Yeah, and he did it. And listener, that's how you could be part of the show. Send us an email. You can go to our SpeakPipe page, speakpipe.com slash jock and nerd. You can record a message right from your phone, tablet, computer, and send it right to us. You can also email us, show at jockandnerd.com, tweet us at jockandnerdcast, facebook.com slash jockandnerd, and we're all on Clamor. Peter's on Clamor, so follow mm-hmm. HD1Jump and the Jock and Nerdcast. There you go. And again, Parviz from Clamor hooking all this up. This this wouldn't this awesome show would not have taken place. You want to know about Parviz, let's go back to the Jock and Nerd interview with Parviz. Yeah, just go to jockandnerd.com slash Clamor. They have an awesome interview, too, at oh, uh, indie, uh, indie Dev. Like oh, yeah. Said. I yeah. talked to Parviz about yeah. on an indie interview one time. Yeah. Nice. That was a very, was a very good interview. He, uh, he picked my brain about podcasting for a little while also. You know, and that's a, another thing I wanted to – I think we talked about it a little bit. How long have you been podcasting total? Oh God! How do I jump started? Well, how do I ju- I start? How do I jump started junior year of college, Jeez. which is five years ago, oh, I guess. Shit. Wow! And then, or four years ago, one of those two. And now we're on episode one fourteen of the jump, and we started that pretty much weekly. So I guess Damn. like two years. Wow! But like I'm an actor, and like one of my jobs is I do murder mystery dinners, and I do it oh, at people's houses. I've so always I've been, wanted like, to do that. <laughs> what is? I don't fun. know. What is that? I don't know what that is. I go to well, I work for this company called the Murder Mystery Company. Yeah. And I do I if you want to have like a murder mystery dinner at your house for like your birthday or like a corporate event or something like that, I come to your house and I have a big bin of hats and name tags and binders and I assign characters to everybody at the party. And then someone dies and I become the detective and I solve the mystery. Oh cool. I solve the mystery with them. So I've been kind of and like being an actor on stage and all this stuff, like I've been talking to people and facilitating things and hosting things forever. So it's kind of second nature at this point. And that's I wanted to mention that going on your show, whether you know it or not, you've taught me a lot of shit already. I don't know. Uh, I don't I did not know that. This is what you taught me like being on this end uh, I've mentioned it before that you managed to keep the show moving very efficiently. I was very impressed with that. And then the other thing was the fact that the way people are doing these podcasts on Skype without video, uh, I know how to have a good conversation. Now, when you remove body language, uh, visual cues, 
and there's fucking four people on at once, you literally have to relearn how to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. To the point where people think it's weird that you and I record in the same room, like the the three six five flicks podcast. They finally got a gear and they're together, and they're like, "This is odd. I don't know how the Jock and Ed guys do this in the same room. <laughs> like nobody's used to talking to each other in fucking person anymore." But I love that dynamic. But I also love. I understand you got you know this is a, we have a global platform. I could be talking to anybody around the world, and. I'm, we're learning how to rehab a conversation this in this new yeah. world. To that point, ha- too. Oh, go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. No. Well, that's also what happens when this happens. Like, you just got to get used to talking over each other because you don't have the visual cues. Right. And it, it's usually just two people start talking, and then one person just, like, dips out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we like talking over Skype also because we have a lot of people. One one woman who's who's part of our group is in Georgia, okay. and, we, and we talk to her all the time. And then another person's in California, and we talk to him. And, like, we have people all over the different yeah, place. It's great. Yeah, to that point, I mean, when we when I was off-site, so Imran had a uh, girl named Danielle Moses, whose uh, nickname is Flea. She was uh, awesome, by the way. I love that she podcast. She was very, yeah. oh, very, 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 very delightful. Yeah. Um, but so I was off-site. So it almost turned like, and this is no fault of Imran. He does no idea. But it almost felt like for me, I had to be like the one-liner jump-in guy because yeah. I didn't know when, like, uh, there was no visual cue. So I knew I didn't know when they were going to be done talking. I didn't know when to jump in. Sometimes mm. I had to talk over people, and I wanted to get in what I had to say really quick. So it's, it, it's, it's just relearning it's how re-learning. to talk. I mean, we basically, now we know how Rugboy feels. Yeah. <laughs> Three three fucking times we tortured him on our show. Um, what do you think of uh, how, we're, how we're doing? Uh, Any tips for us? Tips. Yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything yeah. you could tell us that you wish you knew when you started? Yeah. Um... You got the show notes down. That's that's a big thing. We okay. didn't start doing show notes for a while where we're like, we should know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, no, I mean, having guests on is cool. I, I, I really I, – I'm not like this this guru of podcasting. I kind of just well, talk and I've just been doing it for a while. So I don't really have – the only things that I have advice for is – I think I've already talked to you about that a few times, Imran, of how I – and I'm actually – sorry, side note. Uh, thank you very much for saying that the, the show – the pace of the show is yeah, very good great. because I constantly worry about that of dead space yeah. and like no one's talking and we're like we got to move on to the next story. And so I'm glad that that's actually working. But in terms of like interviews and stuff, that's really all I want to do is um, I, I I steal all my interview techniques from the Nerdist and WTF. Okay. Where I just – they talk about a lot about how it's just a conversation yeah. where you're genuinely interested in the yeah. other person's yeah. life. Yeah. And it's a lot of like – in interviews and talk to you, especially the, the beautiful part of a podcast format is that it's an hour long. So a lot of podcasts start off 15 minutes of bullshit and then the 15 minutes after that is usually someone remembers like, oh shit, I'm here for a professional reason. I'll talk my professional voice and talk about what I'm supposed to be talking about. Right. But then after 20 minutes, they don't really have anything else to talk about. Right. So like a half hour into the podcast is when all podcasts get really interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. then you start having like human moments with yep. that person. You start like learning things. So – Basically, the and and you don't get that from like regular press junkets, yep, like interviews, yep. like oh, what's going on? It's just all dumb questions. Where it's in the podcast, once you get half hour in, you're just there with the person and you're talking to them and you're having nice human moments and you're getting what they really think about stuff. You, you tired them down a little bit. And yeah. That's what you want to be. That's why I like my interviews to be forty five minutes to an hour because you get the real juicy part after about half an hour. That's nice. really, that's really good, good advice. That's and that's nice. kind of what happened on our Parviz interview. Yeah. Like we got him to talk about all the fucking clamor bullshit up front, whatever. And then we were mm-hmm. talking about pies and Hulk movies. And yeah. it was fucking, yeah. that was the best part. 
And that's what you want. You want to hear how someone really is. That's a big part about our Indie Interview series is that we want to humanize the game process. That these games that people like shit on and say this game's bad, this game's stupid, this game, why the fuck did this happen? This is a game still someone spent every day of their lives for five months on. You're going to shit on it? Like, come on, dude. That's a good point. There's a person behind all of that work that you're just like. Yeah. Someone who did their fucking best. Yeah. Someone who did their fucking best and put an insane amount of work in that, that, us, us critics have probably never put that much amount of work into anything. And like without that. even knowing if this thing is going to be successful right. or it's going to sell. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, and, it's like making comic books. Same thing, man. Yeah, just all the same thing. Just yeah. humanize it a little bit and make sure. And, uh, so you, you, I think you're doing fine. You had oh, a nice thanks. little back and forth with uh, Miss Flea. Well, it was really I, cool. I'd love to talk to her too. Yeah. She's I, awesome. She, and, the, and the guys in Northumberland also were like, you should have a podcast. Like, she's interesting. And uh, I, those are really great tips. And, for me, myself, I just love talking to people. Literally anybody. Like, I love talking to <laughs> random people because everyone has an awesome story in them. Peter, you know, I'm glad you have your own podcast because Imran's running thing has been to have a guest on and I know, tell I them to have their own podcast. I can't do my bit. I can't do <laughs> my bit. He's got fucking... Do his bit, which you is should have seven podcasts, Peter Kendall. I have, like, three. Oh, yeah. you should double your production right now. I don't I'm, know. I'm Maybe. glad that Imran can't harp on you having your own podcast. And, and honestly, for me, the hardest thing right now is, like, we both were like, we could do fucking 17 podcasts about different things, but uh, just to have one to focus on for, like, a year or two. Just to put all our energies, make it the yeah. best it can be. We only I only started doing indie interviews maybe a year or so ago, oh. the weekly jump. Yeah. The you, indie interviews are relatively new. And you just started Geek Course. So like this yeah. these other ones. Okay, so you yeah, exactly well, we, like that. We may have a, a jock and nerd episode though that's completely jock related. Yeah, we have a good jock. I'd love one. to be on that one too. I'll talk <laughs> I'll talk bro tips with you. All right. because we, we really we've been neglecting the jock side of our audience if yeah. there even is. If there even is one I don't at know. this point. Ah, no, oh, I had to <laughs> For like a, a movie I did like a year and a half ago, I did like an action movie, and I had to go to the gym a buttload, and like I lost uh, like over seventy pounds and stuff Holy like shit. that. Wow. Holy shit! No, yeah, I'll talk some gym pounds. shit with you, and I still go to the gym a bunch. You into uh, UFC at all? No, but we did talk about that a little bit while you were peeing. Yeah, oh, good, we talked yeah. about. We might have if you we did it. We recorded it, but I don't think it, I don't know if it'll make. Uh, it I might not. put it in. It's yeah. a mini interview. I might leave it all all the shit in there. <laughs> yeah, no, they even our, yeah our conversation because while our you're idea was for a show. Should we tell them? Which one? The preview show? Where I preview the, the UFC. Oh, yeah. So we're playing around with this, but in the next week or two, there's a huge UFC event on, I believe, July 11th. And I'm basically going to preview like the fights and like what their characteristics of each fighter are. And nice. Imran's going to try to like compare them to like a comic book I'm gonna character. match him up to like I mean like this guy's Wolverine yeah you might be surprised of how many people like that because what I've noticed the more niche yeah a podcast is the That's more cool, the, yeah. you be you got a surprising amount of audience that, you've read that you're too. absolutely yeah. right it's so weird like it's the opposite of logical reasoning like the like shit that you don't think anybody would be into there's fucking at least 10 people who would want to listen to <laughs> I it. started listening to uh talk salad and scrambled eggs yeah Frasier reconsidered which is which is Matt Mira and Kevin Smith rewatching Fraser and Fraser, commenting and talking about oh, it. No way. Wow. I love Kevin Smith. There's a podcast called Pen Addicts. It's just about pens. Oh my god. Yeah. And and, and they, I think they're huge. They're like number one on iTunes. I don't fucking know. But then this is why I love podcasting. There just talking go. about stuff. Talking yeah, about stuff. It is great. All right. Well, I, I'm good, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. You were really interesting. I love Thank you. I love having you on the show. Definitely come back. And if I, we can visit over there, let us know. 
You're yeah, really, if you come into, or you mean like physically come to Jersey? No, no, fuck that. I no, mean on fuck the that. internet. Fuck Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Gotham City? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, Rugboy uh, is out from out there too. So, is Good. Jersey really like the armpit of no, America? No, I've been to Jersey. Hey. It's not. It's not that bad. I've been to Jersey. It's actually a lot of fun, dude. I don't know why people make fun of Jersey. I've been there. It's fun. It, they make fun of Jersey for like the. The, the like 10 minutes outside of New York, North Jersey, which is pretty much just like New York's trash can. Yeah, okay. But once you drive like 20 minutes away from New York, it's all like I'm looking at trees and beautiful um, wind blowing. Hobo- Hoboken's nice though. Hoboken's very, Hoboken's yeah. like a mini New York. Hoboken's yeah. like a little club area, but you can just get to like places that are just like nice, pretty trees and like nice little towns. Well, I feel like Jersey Shore and the situation really didn't help. No, well, none of those people are from Jersey, by the way. Oh, no, they're fucking well, assholes. They were not. Is Seaside I, Heights, is it back, first off? What? What? Is Seaside, is, I know it got the, ravaged. Oh, after um, the storm. Yeah. yeah, they've been renovating that, and Asbury Park have come back pretty pretty well. Is That's Seaside bad. Heights though really like that? Like the way I, because I've watched Jersey. Oh, for being a jock, I watched uh, yeah, Jersey because that's pretty much like a tourist location at that oh, okay. point. What about Atlantic City? Is that fixed? Atlantic or? City's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, my my grandparents are from uh, Long Beach Island, which is like 15 minutes away from Atlantic City, and my grandpa is a really big gambler. Was okay. a really big gambler. Where did you grow up? I well, are we interviewing me now? That's I good. don't know. I just no, I don't know. I was going to end the show, I, and now I'm like, where did you grow up? I grew up in Jersey. I was I was born in Maryland. And my parents moved around a bunch, and then, but I've lived in Jersey since I was four. Oh, wow, okay. Jersey. You don't have an accent of anything either, but that's what probably helps in your acting career. That's because of acting, because yeah. I oh. went to school for acting, and I, like, I took four years of voice classes to have like the standard American stage accent. Yeah, if anything, you're like more from the Midwest. Like yeah. I've heard like news anchors, that's the voice you want to be yep. a news anchor. This motherfucker has a perfect voice. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I, yeah, I sound mature. I don't get what people say. I, I can't mature. believe, uh, yeah, you sound very mature, but- more than anything, Peter, like I feel like I met a brother that like oh, I didn't no. know about. I enjoy yeah, I like I like talking to you, Imran. Yeah. And I like talking to you too, Anthony, that I've I've digitally met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like talking to you, Peter, so this is gonna be the last time. Dude, well, oh, you could fuck, fuck right off. <laughs> fuck right off. Oh shit. <laughs> All right, that's enough of this bullshit. Uh, thanks for listening, you guys. Peter, thanks for being with us. You can find Peter Kendall, hd1jump.com. And uh of, as always, my name's Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we'll hear you next time. Talking nerd. And we out. Woo! Thanks that for, is I, the longest podcast <laughs> I've ever been on. <laughs>